0: My father was in show business. He owned and operated nightclubs. They were called the Latin Quarter. The most famous Latin Quarter was on Broadway and 48th Street. It had a big line of chorus girls. They did the can-can. If I have a glass of wine, I will sing the theme song. Otherwise, I will spare you. I won't spare you. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I can see all over the country people churning off their television sets. <laughs> Okay. So this is Gay Paris. Come on along with me. We're going out to see the Latin Quarter. Put on your old beret. We'll sing the Marseillaise and put the wine away like water. Chorus girls, bum, bum, bum. Get the picture?
1: Welcome to Deja the View's 100th episode. If I had known that we would be starting our 100th episode at the same time that we are processing the news of Barbara Walters passing, I would have believed you. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing about it is all that shocking for I think anyone listening, but
1: it is still a little eerie,
2: oh my God yeah, and by not that shocking I mean just in terms of the the coincidence of it all it's just it no one but Barbara could plan it like this
3: <laughs> truly it's an event it's yeah. a broadcasting
1: event yeah when I got this news. I literally shed tears because I felt like I had lost a mother Mm -hmm. because she was my TV mother. And I kept thinking about all of the happiness that she's brought me and thinking about all of these memorable moments on the view. And I got like literally emotional. Mm -hmm. And then I texted you and you were in Paris of all Mm -hmm. places.
2: I was in Gay Paris. Barbara's very own, gay parry. It was like, I think it was almost three in the morning, or it was really, really late for me. And I was up because there was just something in the air. I just could not go to sleep. And as soon as you texted me, I was just like, What do I what am I gonna do? I'm in I'm in freaking Paris right now. <laughs> and so I just watched Barbara videos and and had some tears
1: if you know Barbara's life story and you have read audition you know that Paris has a significance in Barbara's life because of her father who owned nightclubs and Mm. at least one of them was Paris themed and in Barbara's 2020 retirement special, she talks about how they always would end the show with the gay paris song mm-hmm. and the can can dancers. And I'm pretty sure he had another nightclub that even had like Paris in the name. I don't know. I know you recently read Audition, Sean. hmm
3: No, they were all called Latin Quarter. But what he was doing was bringing back the sort of like, uh, uh, I don't know, to dumb it down, like the Moulin Rouge sort of like aspect of entertainment with can-can dancers mm-hmm. and like variety shows basically, right? Like it was some comedy, some dancing, a little burlesque, a little bit of everything. So it is. It's like heavily inspired by
2: cabaret, Gay Paris. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I was really glad, Kevin, that you were the one that broke the news to me because obviously we all knew that this was going to come at some point. And I've been thinking about it for a long time as the social media editor of Deshaw The View, (laughs) editor in chief of social media, because I've been thinking like, you know, I always do a compilation video when somebody leaves The View. Like, you you always, you know, you, you can anticipate that these things are coming and you have to think about like collecting clips and things like that. And my phone is just a graveyard of clips, or like, not to get macabre, but like a graveyard of clips of former view co-hosts mm-hmm. and you know that they're going to come in handy at some point and i have a barbara folter and i've always thought like i really need to prep like like you see all these news specials and they had these prepared clip packages yeah. that were very excellent for the most part about barbara's life and career and i always thought i really need to do this but there was something superstitious in my mind that was like if i work on this it's going to cause the death that you know, is inevitable. We're all going to die. We know that Barbara wasn't doing well, but like, and she was 93 years old. So, you know, it's not like a shock, but I always put it off and put it off. And then it came and it's like, we knew it was coming, but it was still shocking. And I am really glad that I found out from Kevin and not from, you know, Twitter or like a random person Mm. who doesn't respect the legacy. So it was a, it was a weird night, I think for all of us, but uh, an inevitable night, but still wasn't prepared for it.
1: I do like that we both coped which I think is the best the best possible way that I can think of for just like the average person to like honor Barbara and her legacy is we both immediately started rereading audition <laughs> except we both listened <laughs> to it and if you <laughs> if you want to listen to audition it's easy to get a free like Amazon credit or audible credit. It's very easy to do and I really encourage everyone to take 16 hours out of your day. <laughs> it's, it's it's actually 26 hours long. It's a
3: 26-hour hour long audiobook. If you listen to it on one one time speed.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But it's not read by Barbara like I think because the book came out right before really the big boom of audible and like online yeah. streaming of audiobooks. It wasn't a big priority, I think in the market to read your own audiobook. And so we just missed out on having Barbara narrate her own story. And so they, the woman that they got whose name I don't recall right now, Rachel does Dratch. A, <laughs> Rachel Dratch does a really great Barbara impression. It's, it's not like a caricature or anything. She just kind of does a Barbara Walters esque voice to the point where like 10 hours in, I'm like, I'm listening to Bar- <laughs> This woman is Barbara. She is embodying Barbara Walters. To be clear, it's not actually purposes. Rachel Dratch. Yeah.
1: It's someone else. It's not,
3: it's not. But yeah, she... It's like, in in some ways, she's like got an Angela Lansbury-esque yeah. vibe. But it's nice. It's nice.
1: I really, really recommend it, though, because there's... I don't know. It starts out... It's, it's pretty chronological. And it, it starts out with her childhood. And there's just like... There's so many details that just click um, when you, like, learn about her childhood and then, like, things that, like, why she was the way that she was. Like, she mm-hmm. she never, like, planned to be a journalist. She talks about how in her, like, her, I guess, early 20s, how she was, like, I or maybe younger, she was, like, I want to be an actress. And <laughs> she didn't really, like, know what she wanted to do. Like, she had no clue what she was doing. And she, you wouldn't, like, think of someone as successful as Barbara to be that, to be just like us. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I really loved about
3: revisiting Audition was that I saw somebody on Twitter say it, and I don't remember who it was, but they said that Audition was the Citizen Kane of celebrity memoirs. And I had that in mind when I was re-listening to it. And it was like, it's so true because I feel like so many celebrity memoirs like brush over certain facts or like certain Changes, especially. I think about. I thought about this with Sunny's book, and this is no disrespect to Sunny's book, but like, Sunny started, you know, from like a lower middle middle class or like a middle class family, right, and then she she achieved this fame and the success and wealth that comes along with that. And I feel like this is just one example. It's not to pick on Sonny, but I feel like all celebrity memoirs kind of like brush over that and what that change means for them in a very like realistic way in terms of the access you have to money and what that means in terms of how you can help your family, et cetera, where Barbara's book, like very specifically addresses that because she had this family where like her father's, nightclubs they started to go out of style right and so they like all got shut down Mm -hmm. he had no income coming in they had um her older sister still living with them and they were having to like really you know they were used to a certain lifestyle and they had to like lower their expectations and they're all living like in a condo in Florida and then when Barbara started to make all this money in news she talks very specifically in the book about how much she was making and then how much she was giving to her family and what that meant and like that that when she got this like million dollar sort of like bidding war going on for her that that was really significant because it meant that she could buy certain things and take care of her family in certain ways and I really appreciated that because it was like I very clearly see where she came from, like comfortable upper middle class, and then going through some struggle, and then her sort of like overcoming that, overcoming all these barriers, to make a significant amount of money by you know breaking glass ceilings and then how that affects her life and the people around her and i like really really appreciated that about this because it felt very transparent yeah or sometimes you're like left question like i'm left with questions <laughs> in other books um this one left me with no questions and pe- but that's because she's a journalist she knows she knows to get the facts and out. and people
1: always talk about barbara's competitiveness But the book frames like the origins of her competitiveness coming from like a survival and having, because her father's lifestyle was so inconsistent, feeling like she had to take care of them. And that's like what made her so competitive because she was always just trying to make sure that she was making enough money to survive and support them. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk more about Barbara and how they covered it on The View, but- Being that this is our 100th episode, I also wanted to celebrate Deja The View a little bit.
2: Well, hello, let's (laughs) celebrate that.
1: We started this podcast at the end of 2016, and it is now the beginning of 2023, Mm -hmm. and I think that is really messed up.
2: It's so crazy to think that we were only 16 years old when we started this. And now just the things that I know now at twenty-three. If I could go back and tell myself, God, what a journey it's been.
1: <laughs> it has been a journey and we've picked up a lot of people along the way.
2: And we've and we've dropped off. We've a dropped lot of off people. a lot
1: of people as well. I in some ways I
3: feel like the Elizabeth Hasselbeck of this podcast because it's like, um, No, she didn't win Survivor, but (laughs) she's the ultimate Survivor because, like, ultimately she did better than anybody else from that show Mm -hmm. because she was brought into the fold on The View. And I feel like I was brought into the fold on Deja The View. And I, like, I won the the competition for the seat of the co-host that nobody knew that they were auditioning for. Mm -hmm. And and so, uh, yeah, I feel very like Elizabeth Hasselbeck. And plus, like, I'm getting more and more conservative the older I get. Mm -hmm.
2: And... (laughs) And like Elizabeth, you were fired, and now you're only asked (laughs) to come back when uh, someone passes away.
3: Yeah, (laughs) truly.
1: Also, like, not unlike- Or when I have a book to sell,
3: (laughs) a flashlight to sell- (laughs)
1: Also, not unlike Marie, who started out as a guest star Jones on the podcast and quickly became yeah. a permanent fixture. Mm. I, don't know. I mean,
2: I we've talked about it before, but I, my journey was kind of a little more like Sonny's, mm. where I was kind mm. of brought on as like a guest co-host. And then like without any formal <laughs> announcement, I just never <laughs> I was never asked to leave. <laughs>
3: I actually forgot until this very moment that
1: you weren't yeah, you weren't the OG. I don't Mm-mm. know what I was thinking, but in the <laughs> beginning I was like I'm going to have two new co-hosts every episode mm-hmm. as if like that is not impossible. Like what I as if <laughs> I'm going to like go find people every episode, like that's ridiculous.
2: And it's also really to that point it's actually really ironic because in that era we were so critical of the rotating panel on the view and yet you were actually trying to recreate that model
1: it didn't last very long though but actually having three co-hosts or two me plus two co-hosts did last for a while because we used to have like regular guests and Nothing, like, all of our guests were great. They were all fantastic. Mm. But also, like, what was I thinking? Like, having a guest, like, every episode? Like, I don't know. Like, why why create so much extra work for myself?
3: Yeah, certainly before I knew who any of them were. And I feel like I've gotten to know most of them now. But before I was ever on this podcast, and it was like there was a rotating panel Mm -hmm. of guests, it was like, I can't tell them apart and the only thing that stuck out to me was like oh marie has the laugh right which
4: mm-hmm.
3: other folks have also caught on to but that like otherwise it was just like oh it's whatever random person this week and i feel like uh i feel like it really hit its stride once marie was made permanent without announcement yeah
2: that being said, you know we love all the random people who were on absolutely the <laughs> all show. The thank you, were great. Thank I just you, had Sean, no idea for bringing that talking. up, <laughs> and thank you so much <laughs> to everyone who ever guested. We love you, and you, your opinions really um, built the foundation mm-hmm. that Deja the View then was able to flourish on. Um, thanks to my laugh, but you know we all brought something
1: yeah we have evolved a lot yeah i I, like i also we used to like try to talk about things that like even had nothing to do with the view because i was Mm -hmm. like no one wants to as i'm making a podcast about the view i'm like no one wants to hear about the view (laughs) (laughs) yeah instead it was like we we
3: got a free kesha poster last night (laughs) on our night out like i remember that story
1: but it also it always started with
3: like 20 minutes of what's going on in toronto
1: yeah now i wouldn't even know what is going on in toronto it was like so i broke my ankle
3: at pride <laughs> let's talk about that for 35 minutes
1: i can't even like listen to the the old episode some of them may have disappeared
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> for better or for some of worse. them may
1: have gone mm-hmm. missing because mm-hmm. they how do you feel kevin when somebody because
3: i see this on social media that somebody will be like I'm going back I'm going back and listening from episode mm-hmm. one. How does that make you feel? So
1: I think that's fine. It just makes me a little uncomfortable because I find I think I think we have improved over the years. And so I feel mm-hmm. embarrassed about. and I also we've changed like a lot of time has gone by. So who knows if I'm saying mm-hmm. something that I don't even agree mm-hmm. with anymore, which is very yeah, likely
2: That's exactly my thing. is like I feel like a lot of the times, there's things that I might have been saying that now I'm like, what the hell was I on? Yeah. Um, and so when people are like, oh, my God, I have to go back and like start from the beginning. I'm like, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I prefer if you, are, if you are on- You're like, the- why don't you take up woodworking <laughs> instead? <laughs> if you are Something on, different, on that yeah. journey, I recommend going reverse chronologically. Mm. Mm.
3: Do you- to worry at all about being canceled for something you said in the past like do you feel like it's like you said something that you regret saying that like i've changed like maybe i've changed my opinion on, or wasn't the way we talk about things right
2: i don't know if i i don't i mean i i haven't listened i don't know if i would (laughs) say something that like was so controversial that now i'd be like oh my god i fear more that i just said things that were like really stupid and like Mm. Now I'd be like, oh my god! Like I sounded so stupid, or I sounded so obnoxious, and I could probably be canceled for being stupid or uninformed right, yeah, and like I, yeah. trying to speak on something that I actually was not informed about. I'm sure I did that, well, but not like what? I'm
3: not singling you out, but I think that's still happening and, to this day. Well, yeah, with I, all of us.
2: <laughs> I just think I I really just need people to remember that I we were sixteen.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: We had so much to learn. If
1: someone confronted us about something we said, I'd probably agree with them.
2: Exactly. (laughs) That's a good point. And also, just like, you know, in the words of of Meghan McCain, like, we're not doctors. We're talk show hosts. (laughs) And I always tell myself that when I get freaked out about, like, oh, my God, should I listen to old episodes? Like, did I sound so stupid? I'm just like, it's not that serious.
1: Yeah. Mm yeah I do think we really started to hit our stride when we went to the view
2: when Whoopi gave us shoes. it really actually like made me think like we need to step our v c up because here's Whoopi Goldberg, one of the most recognizable and like influential and just like greatest performers of the last like more than two decades of, of like big movies and TV shows. So here's this person who's like giving us some type of recognition
5: Mm -hmm.
2: and like that just made me be like, Oh my God, I need to like stop being so stupid. And I need to like (laughs) soon, (laughs) soon one day, (laughs) like that put it in my head. Okay. Like maybe by 2025, like stop being stupid. That's where it started. And it was like, we actually like need to well and i'm speaking for myself but it was like oh my god like whoopee goldberg is recognizing your podcast so like you need to actually be like performing at a level that's worthy of Whoopi goldberg and i know that i'm not there yet but i try (laughs) (laughs) i try more you know it was more like oh my god this isn't just like for fun that like you know our friends or like you know like a few people are listening to it was like oh like actually like people that we don't know could be listening to this so how about i stop fighting people about like little mixes lineup and i actually like (laughs) start (laughs) paying attention
1: yeah to celebrate i i wrote down a few trivia questions about deja the view to see (laughs) if you guys can answer them oh
2: my god just about first of all I thought you were about to say that you like wrote like a song or something, <laughs> and so if queen? I thought that, I know that people at home listening also thought that. So, oh my god! Um, I I think so t- you so take owe it everyone. Away. Yeah, <laughs> I think you owe everyone a little something.
1: It's like a just a remix of like quotes that we've set on the show.
2: <laughs> it's set to this is for my girls. <laughs>
1: Okay, so there's just uh, six questions that I very quickly jotted down before we started. So question number one, Sean began appearing on the show as a guest and then evolved into our intern and then further evolved into our estranged intern. Um, (laughs) What episode did Sean first appear on? So you can get an idea of how early he started appearing. What episode do you think he is first like, appeared on in number?
2: Oh, so like, you know, okay. And then I'll so have a So literally, like, question. episode number blank. Yeah.
3: This is crazy that you're asking me this, because I knew that we would talk about the 100th episode, and I was like, I literally searched to see I did a cursory search to see if I could find the first episode I appeared on and I couldn't I just like typed in the podcast bar Sean Ross and you know what came up WWE (laughs) wrestling podcast that was all the (laughs) results so I gave up immediately so you
2: know your SEO is really good yeah um
3: if I were to guess I would say something like 54
2: I am saying twenty-seven.
3: That early? Yeah.
2: No, no.
3: It might be earlier than 50. I, um, Like, uh, something uh, something about it, uh, something makes me want to say, like, th- 34 or 37, but I actually think, like, if realistically I'm thinking back 100 episodes, I, I think it's more realistic that it's, like, a 54-ish. Okay, so I'm going with 54. And
1: Marie, you're going with what?
2: 27.
1: Wow. You were both actually way off. It was episode 12.
2: oh my god no it wasn't I was going Uh, to say 17 because in my mind it was like way way early but then when Sean himself said 54 I was like okay like I must be way off how is that
1: possible what year was that it was 2017 July
3: 4th
2: I actually remember like recording the episode I I gave you a freezy
3: I totally remember. That was back before we made notes and stuff like that. Like we just we would. I remember sitting in Kevin's bedroom watching the clips in silence, eating freezies, and then hopping on a mic to talk about the clips. And it was just like we had to remember what we watched. Crazy. I made notes.
2: Yeah, I, I was gonna say I don't remember it that way. I'm pretty sure back then I actually had a notebook.
3: I don't remember I think seeing Marie any
4: notes.
1: Probably took that. more notes in the beginning. I think...
2: Yeah, I definitely had a notebook and a pen, and I was like really taking notes back then. Now I'm I just like, no notes. if I forget it, I don't say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you forget it, you're opening a pack of nibs
3: and
2: just eating on the mic.
1: Okay, I have a follow up question about this okay. episode. We discussed two extremely iconic moments in the View history on Sean's first episode. Mm. What two mm. events are those?
3: Oh my God. One of them was a View theater, right? Because yeah. I think that I I think that I offered the view theater and I'm trying to remember what it was because it was something I really liked.
2: Okay, I'm gonna give my answer because I already have it. <laughs> I think that it's the Elizabeth and Rosie split screen. And I think that the other moment is Sherry thinking that the world is flat.
1: Mm. You're absolutely right. We did um, the world is flat as a view theater, and we were discussing the 10-year anniversary of the split-screen wow. fight between Rosie Elizabeth. We also discussed Sarah's pregnancy announcement where they sprayed her wow. with Silly String and <laughs> and Jedediah Biela's engagement. Oh, ah. my God.
2: Wow, that was entertain. a really action-packed episode. It's a little upsetting that I remember more like that... Sean's first appearance on Dig of the View was more memorable for me than it was for him.
3: (laughs) That's actually insane. I can't believe that it took 12 episodes for you to talk about The World is Flat. I never would have thought that because I do remember early on in my appearances talking about the Barbara... Rosie, who's richer, who's poorer argument, <laughs> but that might have been my second appearance.
1: Well, I think I was like spacing out the view theaters because they're actually, they were hard to produce because it's mm-hmm. hard to mm-hmm. find clips of old stuff online. So I was probably just, mm-hmm. you know, saving it for a good occasion. Okay, next question. On the pilot episode of Days of the View, we discussed the recent departure of what co-host from the show? Candace Cameron Bure. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs>
3: Everybody knows that. (laughs) The departure that launched 100 episodes.
1: (laughs) Next question. Over the course of the podcast, we have been blessed to be followed by many of the VIEW co-hosts, from (laughs) Rosie O'Donnell to Joy Behar to Anna Navarro, who I... Honestly, I feel like we're best friends, Anna Navarro and I, on Instagram right now. Which two of you co hosts have followed us and then unfollowed us?
3: Oh, that's easy. Well, as the social media intern, I know the answer. I think we it's, both know it's Megan McCain and Alyssa Farrah Griffin. That is correct.
2: <laughs> to no one's surprise, really.
3: The Megan one was a little surprising, I'll be honest. I thought she could take anything, but turns out she couldn't.
2: No. Um, You saying. <laughs> The Rosie thing, though, that reminded me of, like, one. other than when we went to The View, the other most, like, fulfilling, like, I felt like, oh, my God, I've actually, like, achieved a lifelong goal of mine was when we were doing the Twitter live and Rosie came on Mm -hmm. and was, like, commenting on what we were saying. That actually still makes my – blood feel like four Red Bulls. Mm. The big one. Yeah. <laughs> because that cause it was a
1: surprise. We didn't know like, she was gonna do that.
2: Yeah. And like Rosie for me is just everything. So like that was absolutely Insane also, to me.
1: the fact that when she did join our live, that I within arm's reach had my Rosie Barbie doll, <laughs> yeah, was crazy. <laughs> I, that was truly really wild. I actually had a question about that. So in 2020, we did our first ever live episode where we played games and trivia, and we were shocked to see Rosie. It was in attendance. When we thanked her for joining, she commented, "This is better than what." <laughs> It's unfair for me to answer because I provided the
2: answer. Well, I think that it was it was something to do with Trump. It was like, was it his speech?
1: Yeah. So she said, This is better than the president's insane presser.
3: <laughs> yeah. I also Which one? We have no way of recalling.
1: <laughs> also, I remember you asked a trivia question that was like, Which co host shares a first name with one of the view's hair and makeup people? And cause I was so like stunned. That she was watching, I went blank and (laughs) she answered Karen, which is whoopee. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I felt really, I, I felt like that was a full circle moment for me because it was, I remember one of the questions was. About where Rosie got her TV star, and it was on Star Search, and I knew the answer to that, and that I was sitting there and being like, "Well, I know the answer to this because I remember Alanis Morissette being on the Rosie O'Donnell show, and her showing the clip of Alanis Morissette on Star Search, and then like them showing the Rosie clip on Star Search, and that Rosie's also commenting this in the chat and mm-hmm. like affirming my answer was like I couldn't believe it. Like that is I don't know that I'll ever reach a height that high yeah. again.
1: Okay, next question. So we talked about this already. But when we visited the set of The View, I think in 2018, um, to watch Elizabeth Hasselbeck be interviewed by the panel, we were lucky enough to get to speak to some of the co-hosts. And we were even gifted a pair of platform heels by Whoopi Goldberg, which she signed. What phrase did Whoopi write on the bottom of the shoe? Keep having fun. (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
1: and but
3: okay wait bonus question what animal is featured inside the shoe
2: isn't it like a deer a little plastic deer
1: yeah it's like a little terrarium of a little plastic deer oh i thought it was a giraffe
2: oh, so actually oh wait, it could be let me I look think it's at a giraffe. it right now yeah
1: well you're both right There is a deer in one and a giraffe in the (laughs) other.
2: The two genders. (laughs) Are you the deer in the Whoopi heel or the giraffe?
1: (laughs) Okay, so this is my final question. Last year, we did our first ever Twitter space live episode after Whoopi was suspended from the view. And one of our callers appeared to be in the midst of a hostage <laughs> hostage situation, because um, they were riding around with a drunk person who said, bitch, I'm drunk. Before they said that, they asked the driver to go and get them what? B- Popeyes? Was it Popeyes? It's not Popeyes. Oh. Was it
2: Wendy's?
1: No, it was <laughs> custard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Please roll the clip.
1: <laughs> what are your thoughts on this, Hello? Jason? Hello. Oh, I'm mad as hell. I'm mad as hell. And I'll tell you why. I'm thinking about the Dude, fact that like me
6: some custard. Passed out, drunk, bitch. What? We're almost home,
2: bitch. All- what is happening?
1: I don't know, Jason. I think we're having some issues. I
2: think, I think we're having some technical difficulties. It sounds like he has a
1: hostage in the car. <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> everything start to finish, everything about that was perfect the way that it begins with I'm mad as hell (laughs) and then devolves into that
3: I wouldn't even know if somebody asked me to go get custard I wouldn't even know where to get it
2: (laughs) I'm passed out drunk
1: (laughs) so it's been a wild ride Thank you to all who have listened. But Mm -hmm. back to the reason we're all here, which is Barbara Walters. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how they decided to honor her on The View.
6: Hello, and welcome to The View. Tributes are pouring in from around the world to celebrate (coughs) the life of Barbara Walters. And today, we're remembering our friend and colleague. And the reason why we're all sitting here, really if not for her i don't know where most of us would be
1: (laughs) the way that they decided to do this was to have a segment with just the current co-hosts and then slowly integrate former co-hosts into the Mm -hmm. show what did you guys think about the way that they formatted this
3: i think that it was like a little bit unfortunate the timing of when all of this happened because because of Barbara dying like over the holidays and I think the co-hosts being, and former co-hosts, of course, are just like they're, they're not meant to be in New York ready to you know film something on the first day back to work. Uh, I think it was a little unfortunate that everybody was all over the place. It would have been really nice, even if they had stretched it out to like kind of like a week of remembrance or whatever, like a segment you know, here and there, because it would have been really nice to have everybody in the studio or it's like as many as was possible, because I did think it was a little chaotic that so many, like we had people on the phone, we had like Mm -hmm. Elizabeth at home and she couldn't hear them. And like, it was just all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been nice if they could have actually gotten everybody together and it didn't matter like how timely it was. I think just like if they had put, a little effort into getting everybody together. That would have been nice, but it is nice that like so many people showed up to Mm -hmm. talk in whatever form that they could talk about Or in.
2: I liked that no matter what was going on, like where people were and, you know, like Meredith was sick and like wherever people were, whether they were able to go to the studio or not, I did think that it was like actually really meaningful that like they all united. And even, you know, if they weren't always on the best terms with each other or with, the show or whatever it was like it felt like they were all uniting for barbara and so i kind of like that aspect and i did like that they did have people in studio and like i thought that sherry kind of carried a lot of the segment um that she was involved in and or and ca- actually carried a lot of the whole show just by like being able to Tell these stories in the same way that Joy was being able to tell these stories about Barbara that like really made you feel like you like understood who Barbara was and like just like a really charismatic storyteller. And I felt like it like really added something there. And I was actually so happy that Sherry was there because, you know, when people go off and do their own shows, sometimes they're weird about Going back to other shows, and sometimes their networks are weird about allowing them to do that. So I was so happy that Sherry was actually there on The View to tell those stories and to be with the other co hosts.
1: Yeah, I agree that Sherry was a really good storyteller and like shared things that we hadn't already necessarily heard. And I like that Sherry never like, shies away from giving like the three hundred and sixty degree picture of Barbara. Like she always mm-hmm. talks about how Barbara made her cry so many times, and Barbara was really hard on her, but that Barbara also was like her biggest champion mm-hmm. and was really proud of her. And Debbie also kind of I, I feel like Debbie almost had like a similar sort of relationship mm-hmm. because she talked about how uh, Barbara was really hard on her, too. But then, she it, when the time came to interview barbara barbara made sure that debbie had the scoop before anyone else and like mm-hmm. how she like looked after people even though she was like their tough mother figure
4: mm-hmm.
3: i really liked what sunny had to say a lot yeah actually when she was talking about because because sunny was on the show at a weird time and she was like kind of like a guest co-host at the time but she did get to work with barbara that mm-hmm. it's kind of she's kind of a rare like newer addition to the view who you don't necessarily associate with the barbara era of the view and yet she was on and did work with her and that she had this story about uh how she would get the cards with the questions on them and she would changed them to be in her voice mm-hmm. and that Barbara like, confronted her about that and that at first she was scared but then she realized actually this was like a mentoring opportunity where Barbara ended up helping her
5: and she came over to me that's a picture of it and said what are you doing I said I this is not my voice I'm rewriting my question is that okay she said I rewrite mine yeah and then she started helping me mm-hmm. and I thought my
6: goodness like the generosity of that moment, I was so scared and I was so nervous. She validated my opinion. And after that day, she would ask me during the Hot Topics meeting, well, what do you think, Sonny?"
1: Mm. Uh,
3: I thought that that was like a really nice story and that they had little like photos even of that happening was mm-hmm. really nice.
1: Because it was on the same episode that Bette Fittler Mid- B- <laughs> <that Bette Midler laughs> sang that song to Barbara, like impromptu on the show. <laughs> Uh, uh, to like commemorate her retirement, which yeah. actually that is another interesting thing about this whole special because because Barbara is a person who I do think like we did a good job of celebrating while they were still alive. Mm -hmm. it made for there to be like a lot of material to work with from like her retirement. Like they're able to throw to the clip of all the female journalists joining her on stage Mm -hmm. and Oprah honoring her and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And like 2020 did like a, a whole special when she retired that talked about her life. So I think like they had a lot of material to work with that was kind of ready to go. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's actually yeah. such a good point that like I feel like with in in the entertainment business like we don't really honor a lot of people while they're still like with us and so many of these big specials and big like speeches and stuff that people give is like after they've passed away. But like with Barbara the way that it happened with her retirement is such a great example of like the value of honoring people while they're still here. Because, like, having all of those women, those those female broadcasters come on and tell them, tell the world, you know, how Barbara influenced them after she's not even able to hear it, yeah. like, is sad. So it, the fact that they were able to tell her directly, like, everyone should have that.
3: I think that that's a really interesting point because... With somebody like Whoopi, for example, a lot of people come on The View and they tell Whoopi how much she means to them and how much she has meant to their career. Mm -hmm. But I feel like The View hasn't done the best job of, like, recognizing Whoopi's role because Whoopi's been there forever. Mm -hmm. And she really has shaped so much of what The View is. And there hasn't been, like, a reason necessarily to do a retrospective of Whoopi's time on The View in the way that when, say, Barbara retired, there was a reason to do it for Barbara, or when Joy was fired, there was a reason to do it for Joy. I feel like Whoopi's kind of, like, the last bastion of, like, really, really long-term, like, staple at The View that hasn't, like, had their moment at the view or their like impact on the view recognized in a big way. And like, I hope that mm-hmm. we can do that. And I'm not sort of like looking forward to Whoopi's departure from this earthly plane, but like, I do think that that's an example of somebody that like we we should be celebrating this person more than we are because Whoopi gets put in the news more so when there's like a controversy around her. And I feel like there's like not enough recognition on like, what she's actually bringing to the view, but I-, I realize that's beside the point, but I do want to say one thing. <laughs> is that I really liked the clip package that The View put together Mm -hmm. about Barbara because it would have been so easy. There has been so many clip packages about Barbara on The View in the past. They went for different clips. Like, yeah, there was the ones that we expect, but I saw saw a lot of stuff that I hadn't seen before. Like the cha-cha clip. Yeah. Yeah, like the cha-cha clip. And there was just like political interviews that I just like, I hadn't seen these clips before uh, from The View. And it's really nice to see those, especially since, you know, uh, The View's social media team has um, (laughs) – restricted those on youtube so we can't see them so it's nice to see them in some format
2: and like a lot of funny clips and also i feel like a thing that happens like when people pass away like like people's tendency is to like not show clips of them being super silly or like you know making like like sex jokes or something but like they were like showing all these clips of her being silly of her like In these conversations that they would have about sex or about, you know, like more like uncomfortable, but in a funny way types of things. And like, I think that they did a good job of showing the whole picture of who Barbara was on the show and who she was as a person, because a lot of people might just think of her as like the serious news lady, but that it wasn't what she was on the view all the time.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And I also liked, (laughs) I also liked that they didn't shy away from her her lesbian (laughs) storyline which also i'm not i'm not referring to when the sarah lawrence cheerleaders came out but i and i'm also not referring to her telling sherry that she should just become a lesbian Mm. i am of course referring to her enjoy
1: yes And also her and Elizabeth had a little bit (laughs) of a lesbian vibe, because she would always tell Elizabeth how cute she looked, and she was Uh sitting right beside her. And I remember one of Joy's month in reviews was, like, (laughs) making a joke saying that Barbara was, like, fondling Elizabeth under the table. Oh, my
3: God. (laughs) I remember there was a... They didn't use this in the clip package, but obviously... But there's... uh, th- something something came up about Elizabeth being on Survivor on the View, and it's a clip that's still out there on YouTube. And they put up a picture of her, like completely emaciated, on the View, mm-hmm. or sorry, completely emaciated on Survivor. Mm-hmm. And Barbara's like, "Look at her! Wow, she looks so good!" Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so Barbara always was uh, tapping into that aspect of her sexuality. I think
1: one thing that stuck out to me in the special not the first time that I watched it, but the second time was the segment with Lisa Ling. Because, so Lisa told a story about how Barbara took her to Café Des Artistes and Mm -hmm. started asking her about her mom. And then it made Lisa cry. And then she said that after that, she decided to go into therapy. (laughs) And like owes that to Barbara. But she also was talking at one point about um, listening to Connie Chung on her Barbara. And she said that that Barbara was like a motherly figure to so many people, but she never had time to have children of her own. And it just kind of was glazed over. But then at the end of the show, before they rolled the clip package, Joy like made a point of saying like, we want to send our condolences to Barbara's daughter, Jacqueline, mm-hmm. because you, and she points at Lisa and says that like, you said she never had time to have children, but she did.
2: You know, I do think this was an opportunity knew. for her to, to really be that mother figure. Yes. And I was listening to Connie Chung talk about her mm-hmm. and with and Barbara and she talked about how they forgot to have kids because they sacrificed mm. so much in in, in in trying to pursue these careers. And for her, I really do believe she thought of us as as her kids, as yes. as her daughters, and was so it was so important for her that we all do well and that we're all happy.
6: And she was Absolutely. so supportive. We want to just send our condolences before we go on with the show to her lovely daughter, Barbara's lovely daughter, Jackie. So um, she was very, very close to her mother. She had, did a show called Born in My Heart because Jackie was adopted. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I wanted to mention that because you said she didn't have time yeah. to yeah. have children. She yeah. did. She adored Jackie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was just like a misunderstanding because like, I think Lisa was just trying to say that like she put her career ahead of everything else but i guess if you read audition barbara does talk about how she did try to have children for a long time before she finally decided to adopt so i don't know it was just kind of like a Mm -hmm. weird moment but (laughs) it's just funny that joy felt like she had to um like drag lisa yeah put
2: lisa on blast when really she was just trying to like rephrase something that connie had said in a separate interview Yeah, (laughs) because connie did say that she was talking about their friendship on gma and was saying like barbara and i both kind of got to a certain point where we felt like we had forgot to have children and then barbara adopted her daughter so it's like i understood that lisa was just trying to paraphrase something but joy was like you listen you idiot (laughs) (laughs) But that
1: does kind of remind me of something I wanted to say, which is that there were some glaring omissions from this episode. Like, we didn't hear from anyone other than the VIEW co-host. Like, Mm -hmm. it would have been nice to hear from Connie Chung. She did a Mm -hmm. a segment on GMA that Mm -hmm. was, like, one of the best tributes that I saw about Barbara. And also, like, Bill Getty wasn't there, Mm -hmm. which... To me, if I was doing an episode to honor Barbara, before I would ask any former View co host, I think I would ask Bill Getty to be there. So that was like very strange to me. And he was on GMA talking about Barbara. So Mm -hmm. it's not like he wasn't talking about it. Yeah. Just very strange. And then, of course, the other person that was like very noticeably missing, of course, was Rosie O'Donnell. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Yeah. I always thought that like, I always thought that when Barbara died, I was like, that's going to be, if anything brings Rosie back to the view, even for a moment, it would be honoring Barbara Walters. And it didn't happen. And I was, I, I was like very surprised by that. I mean, I, I think that like she gave, she, she did post a TikTok or something like that about why she didn't. And she thought that she, she that she she said she was asked and that she felt like she, she might be become upset if uh, if she did follow through with it and that it was like in New York and she was in LA and like it was going to be complicated. Um, but I was kind of surprised that she that she wasn't there for
1: it. I think like, yeah, I was really disappointed because I would have liked her to. But I guess Rosie has reached a point where she is just done completely with the view. And because mm-hmm. like they, they've asked her to come back for the 25th season they asked her mm-hmm. i think to participate in in that and i just don't think she wants to do it anymore and i get it because she doesn't owe the show anything and i don't yeah. i think she has been maybe mistreated by the show or something yeah. and just I feel- doesn't feel like doing it
2: I think that, like, I was disappointed just, you know, in the sense that, like, I love any time that I can see Rosie on TV, and I would have loved to see her on The View, but she did post on TikTok about why she chose not to, Um, and I think that, like, as a Rosie fan, you just have to respect that because, like, I think that she's at a point in her life and in her career where she's gonna, like, stick to her boundaries, and if it's something that she, like, doesn't think is going to be good for her to do then she's just not going to do it and like that's totally fine she's still working like she was been a regular on the l word and she probably was really busy and just was like it's not going to be a good thing for me and that's fine because she like you know paid tribute in her own way and one of her friends do you remember the name of who commented anyway on her tiktok no i'm not sure yeah So one of Rosie's friends like commented on her TikTok saying like um, grieving is like a private like it can be a private thing. And so you don't have to like, you know, show the world what you're going through. And like Rosie kind of commented like, like, yeah. Basically, so it's like, you know, everyone pays tribute in their own way. Mm-hmm. And like you said, she doesn't owe the show anything. And it's nice
1: to know also that Rosie and Barbara made amends in recent years. So that mm-hmm. it's nice that, like, at least they, they were good.
2: Yeah. This just reminded me of it because I was thinking, like, imagine if it had been, like, Rosie and Elizabeth both, like, there to speak about Barbara. But that reminded me that...
1: <laughs> Sorry, but imagine if they had remote interviews with them both and then had them on a split screen
2: yes exactly (laughs) oh sorry was that what you were gonna say well like i was headed towards there because i that's what i was thinking in my head like oh my god wouldn't that be like so funny if they had the split screen and but then like as we know there were some technical issues with elizabeth's feed like it kept cutting Mm -hmm. out they couldn't connect to her she couldn't hear them so like one of the comments (laughs) on the youtube video of elizabeth was like someone wrote those tech problems were actually barbara signaling from heaven
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh i thought you were gonna say like cut like cut to rosie fetched (laughs) the bolt cutters (laughs) and was like Outside Elizabeth's house. <laughs> like,
2: Whoopi, Whoopi <laughs> gave the controls to Rosie. <laughs> the Zoom controls. <laughs> um, there was another comment that I just thought was <laughs> funny on the video of Elizabeth. Like, everyone everyone who watches The few loves Barbara. You know, fans... Just love Barbara. So everyone in the comments, which is normally a really messy section, everyone was trying their very, very best to like stay on theme and just honor Barbara and not say anything mean about Elizabeth. <laughs> People were trying. Someone, <laughs> someone wrote, Barbara wouldn't want us to be negative. So all I'll say is that it was nice that she came on and gave nice remarks. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought like, that's the power of Barbara. Is that she can get people to just shut up and say the most baseline nice thing about Elizabeth. Oh my god.
3: <laughs> I actually really liked Elizabeth's like little tribute despite the technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. I feel like Elizabeth is really unique among like the psychotic right wing. <laughs> conservative media in that she can turn that off where like Mm. you couldn't have had say like I know it wouldn't make sense to have be like, come on because she didn't really work with Barbara but like I don't think she would have been able to come on and be a normal person Mm -mm. where Elizabeth can just be like okay now I'm going to talk about Barbara and what she meant to my life and what she did for my life and the opportunity that she gave me and I'm going to be a normal person in this moment like Mm -hmm. yeah she did have her post it notes handy but it was only (laughs) because of the technical difficulties (laughs)
1: I did want to also say on the topic of Rosie, that Rosie did honor Barbara in a way that I really appreciated, which is that she uploaded a compilation of all the times Mm. Barbara appeared on the Rosie O'Donnell show to her YouTube page. Because as fans know, Rosie is very active on her youtube page with uploading old interviews and so there's a compilation of the barbara ones and they're really really nice and that's like another thing you can do besides read audition is go watch that
2: (laughs) and it's less than 26 hours (laughs) yeah
1: i have to say like i'm so
3: happy that rosie has stuck with the youtube page because i think it started after she did her 2020 event. And the, the like, sort of resurgence of interest in the Rosie O'Donnell mm-hmm. show. And then she started uploading high-quality clips to her YouTube. But to this day, she's still regularly up. Like, she's going chronologically and uploading. Mm-hmm. And certainly, like, if anybody dies, any celebrity, it's not just Barbara Walters, but it's, like, anybody dies, Rosie goes back into the archives, finds the relevant interviews with those people and puts them up, like, that day. Like, Rosie's on the YouTube. Do you
2: think it's really – Rosie who's like sitting there Absolutely. at a desktop doing it
1: <laughs> with her daughter.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I so I did enjoy the the episode honoring Barbara, but I did kind of come away from it feeling like it was a little bit underwhelming all in all. Like there are some things about it that I just thought could have been like a little bit more produced. Mm-hmm. As mu- Well,
3: that's why I say I think that it didn't have to be one day or like, you know, like I think that this could have been, I don't know. I feel like they're, they're really tied to this idea of them being like a news sort of show. And it has to be like really timely, but it's like Barbara Walters created this thing that has such a huge legacy. It's Mm -hmm. 26 years going. And it's like, they could have, They could have stretched this out a little and it's like, it's okay for like two weeks later to get like as many co-hosts as you can in a room together and just like have a moment talking about this. Like have a little sharing circle together. Yes,
1: because after this episode, they didn't talk about it ever again. And I was kind of expecting like, it was a four day week. Like, couldn't you have found like a clip a day for those four Mm -hmm. days and taken five minutes of those episodes to throw back to like a nice barber moment? That I, that's kind of that, that's what I would have done
2: well to that point I actually found something interesting about the their tribute to her was that it the thing that actually like touched me the most and maybe the most emotional was when they just played the clip of Barbara's retirement and her speaking in her own words and the last words that she like said on the view where she said like I don't want to say bye, so I'll just try to enjoy the view from here. And it was like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like that. I feel like if you're putting a tribute of someone, maybe like them talking about themselves shouldn't be the very best part of the tribute. Like they -hmm. could have had more people, clips of other people talking about Barbara or clips of other people telling stories about Barbara and so it's just like or maybe you know it just says a lot about Barbara that her speaking was like the most touching part of the whole thing
3: yeah or it's like some of the some of the most like interesting things from both audition and then also just like previous interviews and tributes to Barbara is the relationship she had with Oprah and like what what Barbara meant to Oprah in her career uh, and oprah's obviously such a great speaker and can be so touching it would be just great to like book oprah for a segment and talk about
1: mm-hmm.
3: how what barbara means to her it doesn't have to be promoting anything that oprah has like it, it can just we can just talk about barbara
1: mm-hmm. yeah and like one of my favorite things about the barbara oprah dynamic is that barbara never let oprah <laughs> stop telling the story of how barbara <laughs> inspired her <laughs>
2: yeah (laughs) but there's
1: like so many like little details to this episode that i just think would have made it more personal and more emotional like get out from behind that table get them on a couch like yeah it's Mm. why are we at the table as if it's hot topics like sit Mm -hmm. them down on a couch it just Mm -hmm. it would have made it just more comforting like i don't know it's very cold to be sitting at a desk yeah and then Also, just, like, it would have been nice if it was, like, a pre-taped episode. Like, Mm. it would have been nice if the, instead of doing, like, the primetime special that they did, reuniting the four original co-hosts, and instead Mm -hmm. took that money and did something like that for this. Like,
4: Mm -hmm.
1: in a perfect world, like, did you watch the Friends reunion? Mm
4: -hmm.
1: I would produce it, like, very similar to that. Like, I would have the... Old couches that they would sit on. I'd have that set mock up, and I would have, um, I would have like Whoopi and Joy leading it, and you know, like start with Whoopi and Joy having a chat, and then mm-hmm. slowly like welcome like meredith on and she reacts to seeing them they hug each other they start chatting then bring in star like it would be like more of like the fanfic that
2: kevin has (laughs) written like
1: like, the barbara walters televised
3: funeral (laughs)
2: like brian Brian, are (laughs) you 12 days of mourning. ABC are you listening (laughs) he has some ideas
1: i just think like it could have been like a lot more Produced, yeah, yeah totally. Um, and like, I don't know. I was like watching an old clip recently of when Joan Rivers died, and Rosie and Whoopi came out, and they were like in tears, and they mm-hmm. started talking about what Joan meant to them. And then they had Kristen Chenoweth sing a song to honor jo- Joan. What? Where was Kristen Chenoweth? You know, <laughs> where-, where was Bette Midler? Where was Bette Midler? So it's, like, things like that that I just think they could have done so much more. But, of course, like, who knows what the situation was behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, in a perfect world, it would have gone on all week. And I don't know why it couldn't have at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I guess Barbara must have had a private funeral, right? Like, we never heard… I don't think I heard anything about her funeral.
1: I googled it, and the only thing I could find was kind of like a trashy article about how like some of her famous friends um, couldn't even find the funeral, and they tried to send flowers, but they kept calling funeral homes, and they'd say, we don't have her. So I think it was a very private funeral, and mm. I th- mm-hmm. I have heard that her daughter is very private, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if that's true or like what the situation is. But yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I don't think the funeral... Um, If there was a funeral, I don't think anyone knows much about it.
3: Yeah, I mean,
1: it's none of our business, but… Yeah, and in general, like me talking about how I would have done this tribute to her, it's also (laughs) like it's not not (laughs) owed to me. It's just like what I would have liked. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, anything else to say before we say rest in peace, Barbara?
2: Oh my god, like, no, I don't want it to be, like, final.
3: No, because we're going to keep talking about yeah. it. In the words of Whoopi, we're going to keep talking about this.
1: <gasps> oh my god, I forgot that I have a game. <gasps> I forgot that I have a game.
3: Is it about Barbara?
2: Yeah. You're like, on this very solemn note, who yeah. wants to play a game?
1: <laughs> I almost forgot that I put together a little game as a way to celebrate Barbara. <laughs> But it's not really a game. In the com- it's not like it's not meant to be a competitive game. It should be very very easy. Okay. You know, just to celebrate something something nice. So okay. I was I was looking at some of Barbara's most memorable interviews, mm-hmm. and so similar to our games in the past where we have altered the voice of the interview subject. I've chosen some of Barbara's top interview moments and altered the voice of the, of the person uh-huh. she's interviewing to see if you can guess who she's talking to. But I think it'll be okay. very obvious. Okay, okay so it's
3: not, just, it's not just fascinating people necessarily, it's just Barbara Walters' interviews? Yes.
1: Okay. And they're so iconic that you'll know right away. Okay, okay. Okay, so there are seven of them. So here's the first one.
0: She said that when Nikki walked off the set, multiple people heard Nikki say, if I had a gun, I would shoot that effing bitch. Ooh. Nikki recently released a song. It's called Hell Yeah, It's About American Idols. And she says, I'm quick to check a bitch if she is out of line. Are you the bitch she's singing about?
5: Don't know. <laughs> Don't know what she's seen, I didn't know she sang. I thought she rapped or whatever. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, who is Barbara interviewing here? It's got to be Ellen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's definitely Simon Cowell. Um, it's Mariah. Mm-hmm.
1: That is correct. It's Mariah. And also, it's funny Oh, there was a whole follow after this where Nikki and, and Barbara got in a feud because Nikki said that it was one sided and didn't represent <laughs> Nikki's side of the story. And then on the view, Barbara openly to Nikki was like, come on and share your side then. But it never happened. Mm. Okay. This next one, a lot of these are like iconic memes. Like you'll just know okay. them. Okay. Here's another
0: a lot of women have close friends. Very few have friends as close as yours. Mm-hmm. Describe that friendship to me. Ooh, okay. Uh,
5: she is the mother I never had. She is the sister everybody would want. She is the friend that everybody deserves. I don't know a better person. I don't know a better person.
0: Why is it making you cry? <sighs> Shoot. wasn't going to cry here. Um,
5: it's making me cry because I'm thinking about how much... Uh, I probably have never told her that.
2: The way that you've modulated their voice, it sounds like the Saw Man.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So? Uh, Oprah Winfrey. I actually, I have to admit that I didn't realize that that was a Barbara Walters interview.
1: Yeah, I believe Mm -hmm. it's when Oprah was uh, wrapping up her show. Mm. I can't believe that if not for Barbara we wouldn't have that phrase that I say almost daily.
2: (laughs) That you say about Barbara also.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next clip.
0: Can you tell me what your relationship with Donald Sterling is?
5: I'm Mr. Sterling's right-hand arm man. I
2: knew it was going to be this.
5: I'm Mr. Sterling, everything. I'm his confidant. His best friend. His silly rabbit. His what? His silly rabbit.
0: His silly rabbit? His yes. Is that what he calls you? No. <laughs> the yes, way that Barbara
2: no. goes, his what?
1: <laughs> and also Barbara trying to pronounce rabbit. His silly wabbit.
3: His right hand arm. His I mean, man. <laughs> So wait, I actually don't know who that person I don't know that, is. <laughs> I
2: don't know her name. Like, I know what she looks like. I could describe mm-hmm. her to you. I could describe what she's wearing. She's I wearing could, like I a could blouse. give the
3: police a description <laughs> yeah. that would get the most accurate sketch of all
1: time, but couldn't give you a name. Yeah. So her name is V. Stiviano, and okay. her claim to fame was, well, I guess, the guy who owned the Clippers. Mm-hmm. He so she was his silly rabbit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she recorded him while he was making racist remarks Mm -hmm. Oh, and that leaked to the press and he ended up like losing his job or whatever and she was like telling her she was actually defending him and like telling Mm -hmm. her side of the story she seems confused generally yeah (laughs)
2: Yeah. She is actually such like a- she
3: recorded him and leaked these racist remarks, but then defended hmm. him.
2: You know what though? She's such a silly rabbit. That- she is.
3: She is a right hand
1: arm if I ever <laughs> met one. I just like when she goes, "You're his silly rabbit." Yes, is that what he calls you? No,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a self appointed title.
3: <laughs>
2: Okay. The way that Barbara says his what is the exact same, like, in my head, it's the exact same as when <laughs> that Oprah video where she goes, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: here's the next one. You know, but I mean,
5: I have not lived as a woman. I have lived as a man. But I've just done what I damn well wanted to, and I've made enough money to support myself. And I ain't afraid of being alone.
0: Is that why also you wear pants?
5: No, I just wear pants because they're comfortable.
0: Do you ever wear a skirt, by the way? I have one. You have one.
1: <laughs> wear it to your funeral. <laughs> Do you know who it is?
2: It's Catherine mm-hmm. Hepburn.
1: That is correct. It's Catherine That's Hepburn. The Hepburn. And <laughs> it's <laughs> ironic that she says, I'll wear it to your funeral. Mm-hmm. Um Mm. now that they're both gone. Um, this <laughs> she didn't make it to the funeral, I'll tell you that. Yeah.
3: But you know what was really interesting about this clip, actually, upon revisiting Audition, is that that is a classic example of a clip that people circulate about how, it, like, quote-unquote, inappropriate Barbara was in interviews. Like, you know this, I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked about this on Day Show The View before, about, like, how people try to retroactively cancel Barbara Walters mm-hmm. for things that she asks in interviews. And it's like, Person after person comes forward. Like like Monica Lewinsky is a great example of like that, you know, p- people have really tried to drag Barbara for the questions she asked to Monica Lewinsky. And then of course Monica Lewinsky comes out and is like, you know, like I, th- this was a really good experience for me. And Barbara was like a great person in my life. Um, but this is a good example because it's like in audition, she talks about the relationship that she had with Catherine Hepburn mm-hmm. and how much they talked. And that like it, in the context of what you learn from audition, you realize this is like, banter between friends this isn't like this isn't katherine hepburn being like i'm dragging barbara walters in my own interview it's like this is truly banter between friends if you if you want to learn anything about barbara walters like Mm -hmm. you're 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 showing your ignorance by pointing out this clip as like a cancelable moment
1: also this is a really significant interview for barbara because it's where the are you a tree moment comes from and so that was something where barbara asked Catherine hepburn what type if she were a tree what type of tree would she be and barbara was made fun of and dragged for asking that question it became like something she was famously associated with and i saw uh, when i was getting this clip i saw uh some sort of special where barbara was like reflecting on that and she mm-hmm rewinds the clip and shows people to prove that it was actually katherine hepburn who brought it up first Catherine says i think i'm a tree which prompted barbara to say what type of tree would you be and barbara was like so bitter about it that she was like replaying it to be like actually <laughs> it's not my fault
2: like she didn't
0: just come up with this question out of nowhere yeah at my funeral, uh, perhaps in my obituary, it may mention that I once asked Catherine Hepburn what kind of a tree she wanted to be. Well, that's not exactly what happened. I'm a very strong. I'm a, a become a sort of, you know, thing. What? I don't know what. You know, sort you of want a tree something tree or something. Wait, let's see that again. Well, sort you of want a tree something tree or something. Yes. So I didn't ask her. She brought it up. What was I to do? What kind of a tree are you, if you think you're a tree now? Oh, I like that everybody would like to be an oak tree. That's very strong and very pretty. That's the thing.
3: That's the other thing about audition is like Barbara, The whole the whole thing about like Barbara being a great interviewer is that she is an expert in the follow-up question. You know what I mean? Like, and that's like, that <laughs> is the follow-up question. It's like, oh, you say you're a tree. Like, that is a crazy thing to say. So I'm going to ask you a crazy follow-up question about it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so actually it shows how good barbara is
1: <laughs> okay so here's another one it should be fairly obvious
0: you are all often described as famous for being famous <laughs> you don't really act you yeah. don't sing you don't dance you don't have any any talent we're still in hating people
5: I think it's more of a challenge for you to go on a reality show and get people to fall in love with you for being you. So there is definitely a lot more pressure, I think, to be famous for being ourselves than to create a character. But I don't we disagree. Like, none of we us think try. we have talents.
3: Yeah, that's easy. Fifth Harmony. <laughs> oh my
5: god! Wow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was...
1: Wait, you say it.
3: Oh, I'm me? so sorry, Answer I'm it. eating... <laughs>
1: It's the Kardashians.
2: It's the Kardashians.
1: I can't wait to cut out the bag crinkling noises later. <laughs> <I'm>
2: so sorry. <laughs> I thought I was being covered by the audio. That is the Kardashians. And just like what Sean was saying, that's another example of like where people were kind of using it. They were using it to be like, wow, look at how ruthless Barbara was. Like she dragged the Kardashians straight to their faces. And, it, but, and again, if you play the clip back, you'll get to the point that Barbara was getting at but Chris is actually the one who says no talent She first. says it
1: first.
2: It's like Barbara is posing the question that everyone is saying about them. You know, they don't sing. They don't act. So what do they do? And Chris is the one who's like, no talent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I also love that Barbara doesn't say Kardashians. She says Gadashians. <laughs> like, she- <laughs> and I... To this day, when I see the word Kardashian, I say Gadashian. <laughs>
2: oh my God. I think this is the, the last. Famous, the famous chocolatier family, <laughs> Gadashians.
3: Uh, closely related to another famous Barbara Walters interview uh, with the Gaddafians. <laughs> <laughs> Two more.
0: You have been described as a, a bimbo, a stalker. A seductress describe yourself
5: I think I'm um, I'm very loving I'm very loyal Uh, I think I'm intelligent (laughs) I think I certainly feel that I'm uh, have been misportrayed in the past year
0: I mean after being treated that way why didn't you walk away I wanted to a lot of times where was your self-respect? Where was your self-esteem? I don't have the feelings of
5: self-worth that a woman should have. And that's hard for me, and I think that's been a center of a lot of my mistakes and a lot of my pain.
3: I'm not so confident on this one, but I have a like solid guess. Okay. Monica Lewinsky?
1: Yeah, you were just talking about this. It's Monica mm-hmm. Lewinsky. Could have been anybody.
2: <laughs> that was that would have been my guess, too, Could only <laughs> because <laughs> she is all of us. Um, yeah. I was going to guess She's that, too, mood. just because of, like, the parameters of the game being, like, iconic interviews. But I honestly was like, that's not a clip that I've heard from it before. And at first, I honestly thought it was Anna Nicole Smith. So, don't listen to me.
1: <laughs> well, I most of the questions begin with the president. Yeah, so that would have been a giveaway. Mm. Also, this clip, Barbara is almost asking one of her signature questions, which is "What is the biggest misconception about mm-hmm. you?" But in this, she asks like a similar question, which is like "Describe yourself." Yeah. Mm. She also said that she likes to ask people about their fathers because it makes them oh, yeah. <laughs> inexplicably emotional.
3: Because she, oh, she said something like, you expect that about, describe your mother, but she's like, surprisingly, the father brings out a lot of emotions. And mm-hmm. like,
1: yeah, trauma. Truly. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, so this is my last one before you wrap up our Barbara segment.
0: How does it feel to be considered not just a success, but fascinating? To tell
5: you the truth, it's sort of fascinating to me, too. When I sit back and look at it, I go, this has been pretty uh, incredible ride so far.
0: Tell me your life story in under a minute.
5: Um, Irish, New York, tomboy, lost a mother at 10, dreamed of fame and success and stardom, uh, went on to achieve her dreams, and is blessed with a child.
2: I think I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's Rosie O'Donnell.
3: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I was really stuck there on Irish. It's As Ro- a
2: fellow famous New York tomboy, I knew.
1: <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's Rosie O'Donnell. She references the defining moment in her life, which was like losing her mom mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. becoming a mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Irish tomboy O'Donnell is an Irish mm-hmm. name. <laughs>
3: I was like, oh, it's for sure Madonna. But then she said the Irish thing. And I was like, well, but actually that tracks because Madonna and Rosie have so much in common. Yeah. It's just Rosie is the Irish version of Madonna. (laughs) I'm not joking.
2: (laughs) No, they are equals. I'm with with you in every way. Yeah.
3: Truly. Well, unlike The View, this isn't going to be the last time we talk about Barbara.
1: No. No. We'll be keeping Barbara alive here forever,
2: and also, unlike the View, <laughs> we won't be having Rita Wilson on to ask about <laughs> Barbara. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but if she wants to come on, but, like by all means, <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, there's always a, a standing in open invitation, but uh, I don't think we'll be looking to her as like the very first person that we ask.
1: I would love to have Marnie Michael's mom on. <laughs> So let's talk about some other things that have happened in the last month relating to the view, because I do have a couple view updates, some things that really broke wind, you could say. (laughs) (laughs) Because a story broke recently (laughs) in Entertainment Weekly and quickly gained traction about a alleged fart that erupted on the view.
2: Would you say that this was a long story or a short story?
1: (laughs) Um, No, it was definitely short, but (laughs) the long and short of it is that (laughs) the Daily Mail wrote The PU, the View co hosts, are silenced after fart erupts live on air as focus falls on Whoopi Goldberg, who was blamed for 2014 (laughs) Fartgate. Were you silenced or were you silent? <laughs> yeah, so I'll read a little bit about, or I'll, I'll read a little bit of the Daily Mail's summary, but it was an okay. even more chaotic show Wednesday on The View after viewers heard a large fart noise during the <laughs> live broadcast. The interruption in the middle of the show was accompanied by an unexplained puddle of water as the ladies were just beginning (laughs) to discuss the classified documents found inside the home of former Vice President Mike Pence. In a segment during the show, host Whoopi Goldberg can be seen pointing out the puddle of water to co-host Sarah Haynes, prompting Haynes to move her chair, which is when the noise is heard.
2: There's secrets. It's been reported, but we don't know the specifics. But just real quick, I was... Oh, it, it, well, we, we had a little spillage on the other side of I the table. By pants.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, I watch it very closely, and you don't actually see the legs of her chair move.
3: Mm. No, you don't. Can I weigh in on this? Because I've watched it many, many a time, mm-hmm. and there are two events that have been simultaneous with the seismic shift <laughs> that is being referenced, <laughs> And it is that, yes, Sarah does shift in her chair. Now, the legs don't move, but the chair does move. And I don't know since they've obviously changed the chairs. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course, we're quite familiar with the chairs having sat in them ourselves, but they've changed the chairs, as we know. And so we don't know now what material is covering the chair's upholstery. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I don't know if it's a leather. Made of whoopee whoopee cushions. leather. Yeah. Or if it's, yeah, fully made of whoopee cushions Mm -hmm. that the staff have to blow up (laughs) forehand. Um, we don't know. We weren't there, and so uh, there is Sarah shifting in her chair, and you do see the ch- the chair being impacted by that shift. Yet at the same time, you also see a full tremor move through Whoopi's entire <laughs> torso at the time of the the sound, the alleged fart sound, and so it's either the chair or it's Whoopi, and it's like depending on the one that you have in mind when you watch you can totally attribute it to one or the other but the problem for Whoopi is that she has a track record of being a proud farter she is named after farting she is known to fart on the view Mm -hmm. she has admitted it in the past um but it's like also if she farted would she not just come clean about it in the moment I don't know
2: what you said about like depending with where you're looking it's so true it's like that thing when people either heard like Yanny or <laughs> Lana or Laurel. Laurel yeah yeah I watched it so on YouTube it has like there's a built-in feature where you can watch something at like 0.025 <laughs> speed so I was <laughs> yeah. watching it in slow-mo and uh-huh. even in slow motion it's like impossible to distinguish it's been reported but we don't know the specifics but just real quick i was <laughs> here's the other thing i was trying to see what pants or what material sarah was wearing as, as a bottoms and i couldn't find any clip of like her <laughs> what she was wearing on the bottom and so if she i was thinking i'm putting two and two together here if she's wearing some type of like pleather and the Mm. seat coverings are also some type of pleather, maybe Mm -hmm. just the motion of her moving made this rip-roaring sound.
3: Vinyl on vinyl. Vinyl
2: on vinyl crime. But then at the same time, like you said, when you're looking at Whoopi, you start to think, conspiracy theory-wise, wait, was she creating a diversion because she was like (laughs) full of gas in this moment? And she knew that if she got Sarah to start moving, then they'd cut the cameras away from them because... It, you know, there'd be like a whole thing going on and then she just let it rip. So I, I still have no idea.
1: I When I watch it slowed down, <laughs> to me, it looks like Whoopi is pursing her lips as if to go oh. pfft, like make a fart sound with her mouth oh. because she she's like, Sarah has spilled the water. And I think that's like kind of like laughing, like, pfft, like you spilled. Right. It, but it's very similar to, like, Harry Styles spitting, where it's like, am I just mm. seeing that because that's what I want to see? Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the allegations of Whoopi farting are grossly overstated in the past. Um, yeah. <laughs> every time a noise happens, Whoopi will make a joke as if she farted, and then the media will pick it up as if she was being dead-ass serious. Like, yeah. in 2014 was the last time this happened, and it was she was on the panel with- Rosie, and Ashanti was guest hosting, which, by the way, Ashanti is, like, talking (laughs) about being anti-flu shot, so, like, (laughs) in the moment that this noise is heard, she's like, yeah, so I wouldn't put anything like that in my body, (laughs) and all I could think is, like, is Ashanti anti-vax, and I couldn't find any concrete evidence that she is, but I tried to look that up. Anyways, sorry, I got off track, but... So they're talk, Rose. They're talking to Ashanti, and then they used to have this sound effect for Hot Topics that was like, tss, and it accidentally gets set off in the middle of this, and then Whoopi is like, "Ooh, I farted," or whatever, and like Rosie starts fanning the air. Do y'all
6: get the shot? I will not get the shot. Uh. I feel like why do I want to inject something into my skin that's gonna Excuse make? Excuse me. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> It's better you now, know, <laughs> you know, those breakfast burritos they kill they us kill every you. day.
1: Every I tell day. you, <laughs> it was the flu shot. Uh-huh. And then, even though that is like so obviously a joke, it gets reported that, that Whoopi has farted. And then, only two years earlier, in 2012, there's also an interview that they're doing with Claire Danes, and there's like a noise heard that doesn't even sound like a fart, it sounds like a like a joke fart, mm-hmm. and Whoopi says that she farted, and that got reported everywhere that she farted on the View, just because Whoopi said that she did as a joke.
2: It, it explores that in a really smart way. Um well, you know, you. Uh, oh, oh, I was
6: gonna I say. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> hey, you're so oh, excuse me. I'm so differential. <laughs> I oh, <my dad> just <laughs> blew a little frog out of there.
2: I think that people like forget, and by people I mean like those people who are writing these like very serious media articles alleging that Whoopi farted. I think like people need to take a step back and like just remember that like her name is literally Whoopi. (laughs) She built her career
1: on this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like this is her sense of humor.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but like uh, I have to say though that her name is Whoopi because she is a proud farter. And so it's, like, not out of the realm of possibility that she is farting on the air. I know that, like, these moments that are being referenced are, like, jokes around that, but there is a reason she is called Whoopi.
2: You know what? And she
3: she owns that. Right. So it's a tough position for her to be in. It's like, you can only cry wolf so many times.
2: (laughs) You know what's so interesting? I was just thinking about, like, how... I actually can't remember a moment when I like saw Whoopi farting, but I do remember when Wendy Williams did the combo burp fart at the same time. It was like a a burp and then a fart Um, because she surprised herself. So then they Mm -hmm. both came out. And if you remember when that happened, she was talking about the view.
3: Yes. She was talking about Abby. Yeah. Yeah. Something Which is about- enough to let anybody oh my God. get a little gassy. Something
2: about the view. That is crazy. There's something about Abby. Yeah
3: uh the but the other thing the the bigger mystery here i feel like the fart is uh <laughs> it's getting all the attention but the bigger mystery here is where did the this water. spill come from because it's like they were cleaning up water for five whole minutes <laughs> and you never see the as cup as Alyssa turned was over. rambling on trying to keep the cameras on her side of the table and it's like i get that they all have these glasses of water or these mugs of mm-hmm. water or whatever but it's like Unless there was a hole in Sarah's mug, like, right at the bottom as a prank that somebody unplugged, <laughs> so that it was just spewing what Like, there it doesn't make sense like, that, one, that there was a spill from Sarah's cup that Sarah wouldn't have noticed without we'll be pointing it out. Mm-hmm. And then that that was... So- i would get like a couple dribbles i would get that but it was like they were mopping over okay. on that side of the table that's
1: the thing the cup you never see that the cup has toppled over so that never. means it spilled and then someone flipped it back over but how could that have happened without sarah noticing yeah. it until Whoopi be told her
2: i know yeah. and like why did they not say anything about it like why was there no audible reaction to it happening <laughs>
3: and why would the view keep cutting over to that side of the table as as Whoopi is like desperately collecting Sopping any up. piece of tissue that she could find Sopping using her note her cards, cards to like yeah. so, and they're they're dripping wet <laughs> everything's getting stained blue in the process it was
1: an absolute <laughs> disaster yeah it's it's one of the most bizarre things i've seen in a little while and it's just incredible how much traction it got mm-hmm. but that wasn't the only weird thing that happened that got traction because there also was the heckling incident that happened mm. where Whoopi opened the show and said <laughs> that the the crowd was like going wild and they were like oh what a happy crowd what a happy crowd and then you just hear someone say like you old broad <laughs>
6: Come on have a oh, seat. Britney, Britney. Have, all right, all right. It's a happy birthday, birthday crowd. Yeah. It's a very happy birthday crowd. Yeah. So anybody <coughs> wondering about the did you just call me an old broad? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> As she's saying this, the camera focuses in on this woman, this like huh. innocent woman who's wearing a fur hat.
3: Like a like a like a, a mature woman.
1: Yeah. And they're like, oh, you you just called me an old broad. Oh, well, like, I am an old broad. That's okay.
6: She said, yo, broad. And I was like, hey, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, and I am an old broad and happy about it. Yeah. Because what you always say with me, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? Yeah, I, the alternative is not attractive
1: to any of us. We all want to be old broads and
6: old dudes. You
1: know? And after that happened, I guess this woman got like started getting like backlash, <laughs> and people were like <laughs> tweeting about her and like um, attacking her for attacking Whoopi, right? To the po- to the point that a a few episodes later, Whoopi had to clear up the controversy <laughs> and like set the record straight that Whoopi,
3: Whoopi had to clear the air again. <laughs>
1: Set the record straight that the camera just focused on this woman, but it, w- it didn't mean that she was the one who yelled, you old broad.
3: Who could know? Like, they were all masked. And I was like, why is the camera focusing on this poor woman? Yeah. And maybe it was her, but maybe it wasn't. There's an, there's more than an equal chance that it wasn't her.
2: Here's the, <laughs> here's the one thing that I didn't see anyone bringing this up, and I feel like this needs to be said— Like, has anyone thought that maybe the reason why someone was yelling at Whoopi about old broads is the fact that Whoopi Goldberg co-authored a book last year called Two Old Broads? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Has anyone considered that? It's a fan doing a deep I honestly think it was a fan referencing the book Two Old Broads. And then maybe Whoopi, like, was aware of it, but the way that it played out in front of everyone else was like... As if she wasn't referencing that. So like that actually
3: they had a copy and they were like, Will you sign my copy of to Old Broad?
2: Yes. Like that. Like something. Or you know, even just they put the wrong
3: emphasis.
2: Maybe she's a maybe in the book she's a self-proclaimed old broad. And so the person felt Mm. like it was okay to say that. I don't know, but I just feel like I need people to I need people at the US Sun (laughs) Daily Mail (laughs) to start doing their research.
1: Okay, well, I'm glad you brought up the U.S. Sun because they did do their research. Because <laughs> okay. they did some. Well, ex-
2: fuck me.
3: They did. They some- got the audience manifest no. from the day.
1: <laughs> they did some exclusive reporting, and they said that the View staff had to issue an off-camera warning to the live TV audience the day after this heckling incident, saying it says. The U.S. Sun can exclusively reveal that crowd warmer Regina issued a warning to the audience members right before the show went live. According to an eyewitness, Regina said, We are not going to shout. We are going to cheer and have fun. We are not going to shout out. We are going to cheer and have fun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Say it
3: Regina one more time. Regina is not paid enough. No. Whatever she's paid, double it.
2: I've said it before, but she takes on the duty of like security. Yeah. Way too often. Like way yeah. too often. Like she is like keeping the lights on at the view.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine the <laughs> the issues she had with little Amal and keeping her. <laughs> like she had to make sure that no one was getting trampled no one was getting stomped on
2: we are not touching little amal we are having fun
1: little
3: amal will not be signing autographs during the live broadcast but you can meet her outside the abc studios after the show
2: please do not refer to little amal as an old broad she is clearly (laughs) a young woman
1: so those weren't the only big up dates sunny also had an update of her own which is mm-hmm. that she revealed in people magazine and then later on the view that she underwent a breast reduction and liposuction recently and i think this is the first time that a view co-host has like talked openly about plastic surgery mm-hmm. which is just it's kind of fascinating that we went from star jones having Uh, gastric bypass and like lying about it keeping it a secret and now the culture has evolved so much that like Sunny Hostin can reveal in People magazine that she had a breast reduction and breast lift
3: yeah I thought the conversation was like very grown up about it because it could have not been Mm -hmm. um but I thought like Sunny's story was really interesting and I thought the way she presented it was really good and I'm like I'm a big advocate for like doing whatever is going mm-hmm. to make you happy or feel healthier because it was sort of like a combination of both where it's like this was like actually impacting her life in ways that were negative. And so she changed that. And then she was like, hey, I'm here anyway. So like, let's let's do it all. Yeah. Um, and like, I respect that. And I respect that she's talking about it.
2: Yeah. And like, I kind of feel like, like I think that breast reduction surgery is way more common than people think. Mm. And like, I think it's because – um not a lot of people like in p- in public positions really talk about it and so like i just think that it's like a positive thing to have her talk about it and make it like just an it's like that's a normal part of a woman's life and so like yeah there was also the there's also the component of her talking about the lipo and the other things that they did but it all started because of this breast reduction surgery that she wanted to get and i think it's like that's a thing that a lot of women go through but they don't, it's not really something that's like openly discussed
1: yeah i thought the way she talked about it was really great and really like authentic like she even said how much it cost her
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: which that was like the most surprising thing and i thought like what a normal like person that because like a normal person would talk to their friends about how much it costs yeah it doesn't matter whether that's more money than like maybe the average person has, she's just being honest and like Mm -hmm. saying her authentic story.
3: And that she says it not just of like, this is how much it costs, but that she also acknowledges, I understand that that's a lot of money. And like, I really had to think about this. And I spent two years sort of like budgeting for it, despite the fact that we know, like obviously she's making a good amount of money. She's on the view every day, but like, you know, that she acknowledges that this isn't normal. Yeah,
1: um, I really appreciated that. And that she did it despite her husband like discouraging yeah. her yeah. and joy <laughs> discouraging her. Yeah. And she said she waited like two years longer than she wanted to, because joy told her she wasn't going to wake up from the anesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: joy has been all over the place on the plastic surgery because plastic surgery has been coming up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but like joy has been all over the place. Cause in, in uh, one day she's like, Hey, Dumbo, go get your ears fixed. And the next day she's like, don't do this. You're going to kill yourself. <laughs> So I don't know, Joyce.
1: Joyce, Joyce,
3: still making up her mind about all this. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. I found also like looking at the YouTube comments on this video. It seemed like everyone was in agreement that like this was they liked the way that Sunny revealed this. Like everyone Mm -hmm. was like Mm -hmm. happy for her, and she gets a lot of social media hate. But this is a moment where people were just like liking it, and actually on that topic we have a voice memo. So here's a question, a candor, a query, if you will. Um, I was just
3: interested to know your guys' thoughts. I guess also long-time listener, first-time caller, my name's Charlie, hi! Anyways, why do all the viewers hate Sunny? Like, I feel like I can't go through a comment section anywhere without, even if it's just like a joke topic, without the, the comments just dragging Sunny through the mud for no reason. I mean, like, I can I can I can guess as to why, but like uh, besides racism, like what genuine reason do they have for hating Sunny that much? It just doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Yeah. That to quote to Great quote question. Sunny that um this. Yes. I
1: I don't know if you can say besides racism because I think the bulk of it is racism. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so something that like We've discussed and I don't know how much we've discussed on the podcast, but like Kevin and I have talked about it just like amongst ourselves is like even like really diehard view fans this season specifically have seemed to like turn on Sunny and be really, really harsh towards Sunny. Or, you know, sometimes if she's in a more playful mood and she's like saying things like like uh, just like more joking bantery around. things, joking around, like clearly just like joking around but or like you know like playing to the camera and stuff and like people take it so seriously and they're like what was with Sunny's attitude today like so disrespectful to her co-host and it's like no it's like they're all friends and she's being funny and so I've just like sensed this really really like harsh attitude towards Sunny this season and like where the f is it coming from all of a sudden
3: I think that Coming out of the Meghan McCain years of The View, where it was really clear that we had, like, a villain and then our, like, you know, protagonists Mm -hmm. of The View, that coming out of that, I feel like people are still discombobulated because we don't have those clear divisions anymore, even though, like, for us it's clear, like... (laughs) Alyssa is the villain but it's like but she's not coming off that way on tv and so it's like I think people are confused and they're they're conditioned to have to like dislike somebody and because Sunny has always been this person who's like speaking up and speaking like proudly about what they believe and that her opinions are like a little more nuanced I think people don't know what to do with that and so it's like so for them it's like well Alyssa's pleasant and so Sunny's like quote-unquote attacking her and therefore sunny is the one that is like the villain now but that's, that's like such a reductive way of watching mm-hmm. the view i feel like and it just like it, it doesn't quite work with this panel and it's confusing and i do think that there's a racial element to it as well because it's like you can't be like a black woman who like has a strong opinion and has a strong voice at a table um without being like called a bully or like something like that right like so like i think there's a few things going on here but it is confusing to me because it's like didn't we already establish that we love sunny for years and years she's being the exact same person we just have like a slight variation to the panel
1: now i don't even think that it is the actual view audience as a whole i just think it's like the small faction of loud facebook and twitter users (laughs) Mm. and yeah if you look at these people's profiles it's it's middle-aged white women on Facebook that those are the people that are saying Sonny's racist, which makes no Mm. sense. Like anytime Sonny speaks up on behalf of people of color, they call her racist. So it's like, it's just like people who are brain dead and are (laughs) loud on social media, but it's not necessarily like the actual wider audience and those people have been around for a long time. Yeah. But And so maybe
3: the difference is that now there's there's not people like being as loud about Alyssa or about somebody uh, or about, you know, like Sarah or, or Whoopi. Or, I mean, Whoopi gets it sometimes, but like there, there's not anybody else to like rally so it's behind like or visible. against. Yeah. And so it's just like now it's just Sunny.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I think Sunny, like Joy, isn't afraid to say an unpopular opinion. Yeah. Whereas mm. like Alyssa... Ne- Always is pretty agreeable and doesn't ever like say anything controversial. And neither does Sarah really. Mm-hmm. And neither does Whoopi. Um, like, generally, although she's had some very big controversial <laughs> comments over the years. Yeah,
2: she either says nothing or says the most <laughs> controversial thing that's yeah. ever been said on the View.
1: But it, yeah. I think, it's like most. But I do think like the m- <laughs> bulk of it is racism because it's just Sunny is someone who is. A person of color who's like really successful and she's not afraid to talk about her her projects and her success (laughs) and her life like sorry that she has a nice life that she worked Mm. hard and built for herself and like yeah when people complain when she talks about her kids and like brags about her kids but like what mother like in like a well-adjusted family doesn't brag about their kids like If I had children that were, like, going to Harvard, I also (laughs) would be proud of them. And that's just her being authentic and talking about her life. But, like, these, like, trolls on Facebook, like, are literally jealous and a little bit racist. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I think it is.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. But what can you do as long as she keeps doing her... And-
2: yeah, as long as she's happy, healthy, sliving, and writing more hit novels, bestsellers, mm-hmm. then who's having the last and- laugh? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie. Is. I- I'm-, I'm passed out drunk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, we have another voice memo that is specifically for Marie. Hi guys, this is Daniel from Brazil, long time first time, I love the pod, and we all know that the table, the the panel, lacks a lot of LGBTQ representation, and I was wondering if Marie could choose a lesbian person to join the cast of The View, uh, which person would she choose? We love our listeners in Brazil. Come to Brazil, Marie.
2: (laughs) Hi, Daniel from Brazil. If I had to choose a lesbian person to be on the panel, this is a really difficult question because a lot of the people, like we've talked a lot about like different names of like people who we'd like to have on the show. But like, I don't actually think that we've ever really said like an actual lesbian person like they're typically didn't
1: you say holland taylor
2: well i'm getting there (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) we typically say you know like a kiki palmer like and you know so we have some bi representation you know we've talked about like how it would be really great to have like a trans panelist um but if I had to just think of, like, a lesbian person <laughs> who hasn't already <laughs> been on, i.e., like, Rosie and raven Um, I do think that I still stand by Holland Taylor, but I don't know if, like, that would be my number one pick, but Holland Taylor did make me think of um, Sarah Paulson. hmm <laughs> But the thing about Sarah Paulson is like, I don't actually oh. know all that much about like how she is as a person. So like, I don't know if she would fit with the view panel and like where my mind is going right now, where, like, where I think that the view is right now at this stage of just like being able to really have a nice balance of like talking about politics and serious topics, but also having a lot of fun i'm like fuck fuck it just like put wanda sykes in and call it a day oh my god
1: yeah which is kind of funny because didn't there was that story that said that she didn't want to come on the view to promote whatever she was promoting because she didn't want to help rehabilitate Alyssa's image
2: yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) so it's too bad because like i actually feel like that would be like the right energy for like this moment in the view
1: hmm Well, if anyone listening has other lgbtq (laughs) plus suggestions (laughs) let's hear them
2: it's hard because it's like i'm trying to think of like a more youthful person but it's like but at the same time i just don't see like a fletcher being like the moment for the view
3: (laughs) what if they had like i feel like somebody who whose career path is leaning towards view like status is like jojo (laughs) siwa (laughs) <laughs> where like she's oh my god palatable enough to people that like mm-hmm. people know who she is she's like a little like she's very ya is she Gen Z? I think she's Gen yeah. Z but she's like millennial coded. Yeah. And I feel like she would fit in well. And I would be very curious to see here, like, what her views are, or if she can, like, express them yeah. in an intelligent way. I have no idea. Uh, I'm not suggesting that she can't, I just have no idea. Um, and I feel like that would be an interesting way to, like, inject some youth
1: into the panel and, like, also
3: get a total wild card.
2: Yeah, that's actually, like, a really good thought.
1: I'm so happy that you brought up Jojo Siwa because The View actually <laughs> was recently nominated for a GLAAD award. Yes. For their were. for their episode called Jojo Siwa Celebrates Her Golden Birthday. Yes. And so they're they're nominated for the interview with Jojo Siwa. And the gag of that is that Alyssa is not there in this interview, but you know who is. Stephanie Grissom. <laughs> <laughs> so so, another win for you. So Stephanie is now a GLAAD award oh my nominated, God. and uh, I'm sure her gay son is very That's proud of her.
2: So funny. Someone else just like occurred to me. Oh, Stacy London. So <laughs> <laughs> is she? So also? something. Yeah. So little thing about Stacy London that I think like people just don't know because like I don't even know if she's like that out there on tv anymore she might do like a guest spot here and there but yeah stacy london is a lesbian person
3: (laughs) is she actually
2: yeah and has been in a relationship with a woman for like the last like five plus years um i think that they're even like fiance and like i feel like maybe stacy I don't actually remember what Stacy's like history is with The View. It just seems like it would have been one of those things where maybe she was like on once in a while as a correspondent mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if that's um, a road that they could go down.
1: She so there was a period in the aftermath of Rosie leaving The View where uh Stacy London was guest hosting almost every day and wow. yeah it appeared like she very nearly got the job. And then they didn't go with her. I think
3: it's this. I remember her fitting in well.
1: Yeah, she, she, it, it seemed like it was hers for a while. Um, it was like the same period where like uh Cristela Alonzo, I think is her name. It was like, it seemed like it was kind of between those two. Um, but then she Speaking disappeared. Speaking of Christella, what if it was Chryshelle?
2: Uh, my brain, like we're, <laughs> we're sharing one brain cell <gasps> right if now. It was G-Flip? What if it was G Flip? What if it was G Flip? Because I, I also want Cristella, Chryshelle. Oh my God, G Flip. Who, you guys? I'm. There would be no reason for you to know this. G <laughs> Flip <laughs> and Chriselle guest starred in the finale episode of The L Word, which sadly. Rosie's character was not in that episode, so they don't Mm. cross paths, but they're together but separate. Are they still together? Yeah, they're still very much a couple. Oh, I thought
3: they had a big breakup, no?
2: No. Wow,
3: my my imagination.
1: (laughs) I love Selling Sunset so much, though. I don't know why people are still watching Real Housewives when Selling Sunset exists. Not that you can't enjoy both, I suppose, but like (laughs) it's just so superior to me. Do you like the spinoffs? The spinoff, the OC one was incredible. Like every single cast member was the villain. Whereas in Selling oh, Sunset, Cr- Christine was the villain. But in the OC yeah. one, everyone is awful.
3: I think I only watched two episodes of it, but I, I found that there was just like, there was almost too many cast members where like Selling Sunset started re- like a really tight group of like four or like five or six people. Um, and then I felt like OC was like, learn these 12 people and they all look the same. So it was like a little confusing for me, but I- I'm like open to giving it another try.
1: The other thing about selling OC is that there's men in it. And one <laughs> of the men was Brittany Snow's oh, yeah. husband, but they got divorced after the show.
2: Yeah. Here's my concept. Cause I would like to see more of Chris shell and G flip on their own show. So I have an idea for a show that's called flipping sunset and it's about them <laughs> buying properties and then they flip the houses together. I love that. G-flipping. As like a home, yeah, G flipping the house <laughs> as a as a gay couple, they G flip it. Um <laughs> and I just like I would love that.
1: I think you're on to something.
2: I do. I think I'm on something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So One last thing I wanted to mention since we talked about it for so long on one of our last episodes is that Amy Robach and TJ Holmes are apparently not coming back to GMA3 ever. And (laughs) the statement that they put out, they didn't really say, they kind of made it sound like they arrived at a decision, Mm
2: -hmm. like
1: the network and the hosts. So Mm -hmm. it seems like maybe they like gave them some money. Right. And we're like, I like,
2: I can't stand this like puritanical like evangelical like sexless society that we're like moving into right now like i feel like there's all this panic around like sex happening in the media and so i'm just like thankful that the view continues to be a safe space where people can talk about their husbands having to walk in to the bedroom (laughs) from the other end of the hallway (laughs) And they can have open discussions about Viagra because, like, we need to keep that on TV. We can't let people bully our attractive hosts who are having an affair with each other off TV.
1: Yeah. I just, it just kills me that Sarah has so much tea about this that we'll never get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, it's kind of funny because they did a hot topic recently about Alec Baldwin oh getting my God. charged. I was
2: just thinking that.
1: And I just was thinking, like, do you think Sarah has ever, like, hung out with Alec Baldwin?
2: Well, for like, sure. when they were going around the table giving their opinion about him being charged for manslaughter um, because of what happened on that movie set, for anyone who is, like, lost to what we're talking about, um, when he fired the – well, you know, he was handling a weapon and the director of photography died because of it um, – and they're talking about this case now, like the court case with whether he'll be charged. And Sarah, like she didn't when she spoke about it, she said, like, I remember when it first happened, like hearing Hilaria talk about it, you know, in the press. Blah, blah, blah. But I found that the way that Sarah was talking about it, it was like almost as if she had had private conversations, but she was speaking about it as if it would, these were things that like she had said in the public.
1: It would be crazy if it turned out they weren't even friends and she just was, like, (laughs) saying it, like, as a... (laughs) And, like, we've just created a whole conspiracy. (laughs) Narrative,
2: (laughs) This whole false narrative of them secretly being friends and Sarah hiding it. Speaking of, like, you know, how everything kind of comes back to the view, like what we were just talking about with Sarah, here's something that I quickly wanted to mention. Remember when... There was a hot topic on The View in the fall, I think it was, where they were talking about how Emma Bunton had said that the worst um, Spice Girl to keep a secret was Mel B. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they had this whole conversation that was like, you know, which one of which co-hosts is like the worst at keeping a secret? Well, Mel B was on The View just this month. And they like confront... she. They kind of confronted each other about it, being like, (laughs) so, um, Emma said this thing about you, like, what do you think? And so I just thought it was, like, funny that Melby was, like, went on The View to talk about that, because everything does come back to The View.
3: Yeah. Well, she didn't go on The View to talk about that.
2: Well, no, but, like... (laughs) But I thought that it was. Here's my point. I thought that it was funny that they like asked her about that. I thought after it was insane had it that
3: they asked topic. her. I couldn't believe they yeah. asked her, and it was Anna Navarro also who asked her. Yeah. Who like I'm not convinced Anna Navarro could name each of the Spice <laughs> Girls, but like the fact that the words Emma Bunting came out of her mouth like really floored me, uh-huh. and like for me it was a, a, like a crazy like cross section of all of my interests, mm-hmm. um, and then that Mel B like blatantly denied it despite the fact that it's a hundred percent true like i know like i have proof that mel b can't keep a secret um but i appreciated that like i feel like it's rare that a show like the view i have to give them props that that they would they would follow up this random hot topic which already was bizarre that they were talking about it because it's like such an like not even loose women is talking about this and that they talked about this, and then that they have a Spice Girl on, and they bring it back up as if it's like a continuing hot topic. Like they spent they spent more days talking about this than Barbara Walters' death,
2: literally. And because it, it was also months later, they decided yeah. to bring it up to her. And then they she ends the segment by saying, "Yes, we are going to do a reunion. <laughs> it is happening. <laughs> We're all talking. Yes, it's happening." But. Like that's oh that's all I'm going to say see I'm so good yeah. at keeping a secret Yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> What do you think they are going to announce The Spice Girls Yeah uh,
3: I think that they will do another tour. It will be without Victoria. I also understand that they're, they're working on a documentary, but at this point, it's their third documentary. And like, there's, there's only so much to say about a three year period that they were together. Um, so I don't think that that's like super important, but that, like, that is a known thing that they're working on, which maybe Victoria is involved mm-hmm. in. But I do feel like because their 2019 tour was so successful, it was just the UK. I think they had planned to expand it to North America mm-hmm. in 2020. And obviously that got screwed by covid and so like i do think that that's going to happen um so i suspect that that's what melby is referencing
2: do you think that like they would ever entertain the notion of just doing like a hologram tour like abba style
3: absolutely yeah i do but i don't think that they're there yet because they can perform i think they have a willingness to perform and they can make a. M- I think they can make a lot more money showing up in person right now um i think like when they're older they'll do a hologram for sure if they
1: do do a documentary i'm just like i can't handle the hundred different answers that jerry gives for why she left (laughs) the spice girls like i can't take another one
2: (laughs) like go back to like pick one of the old ones like let's go back to that we don't need she's gonna be like
1: well my horse died
3: on the motorway. (laughs) junior and princess had a kidnap threat in south africa
1: but i almost forgot and speaking of baby spice Megan McCain gave birth <laughs> to her second child, a beautiful baby yes. girl who she named Clover Jade mm-hmm. which is a very unique name mm-hmm. but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Megan is a new mommy again, yeah,
3: she may be a new she may be a new mommy, but she'll never be mother.
1: <laughs> she tweeted something about how. Like how much she's enjoying the experience of having a newborn again and how happy she is to have daughters. And I thought that's nice because I know that she went through a really like traumatic, like mental health issue the last time, according to her book. And like during the time that she left The View. So I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. happy for you. Anyways wasn't really a book. It came out. It, it a, came it out um, in hardcover. It was
3: an audiobook. book. Yeah, I know. It was just a little, <laughs> just a little comedy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to disparage Megan McCain on the podcast. <laughs> Again.
1: Honestly. More of a
3: pamphlet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> More of like a zine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, more,
1: it was it was more of like a like five tweets strung together, <laughs> not in a thread, just strung together. Uh, do you want to just quickly do a couple of like stupid hot topics? Yeah. Sure. Okay.
2: What hot topics are you doing?
1: Actually, speaking of Megan McCain, like the past month on the View, I honestly was really missing her chaos because I find like as the number one topics have been like the classified documents being found with Biden and with Pence. Mm-hmm. I think the, the only other thing that they discussed that was like super big news was like the George Santos drag queen news. And I, I was kind of missing the chaos of Megan because like all of these women politically like generally agree. So I was missing a bit of a, like as they're saying like Biden found documents, I was like looking for that <laughs> problematic voice you know (laughs) but Mm -hmm. i don't even want to talk about any of those things what i would rather talk about is this topic that they did about being overwhelmed by group chats Mm -hmm. so they did a topic about how a family's group chat went viral after Mm -hmm. a daughter posted it on twitter and this it's a screenshot of a message that her father sent that says I can't keep up with the pressure of always having to lull or like or heart everyone's random thoughts, pics, and amusements for all future texts. I love them, laugh at them, or like them. Unless it's bad, then I dislike them. In <laughs> perpetuity, I can't live with this pressure. I'm out. Uh-huh. And this turned into a conversation about how Whoopi doesn't text. They were saying that if you want to reach Whoopi, then you must do it on the home phone and not (laughs) after 7 p.m.
3: Yeah, before 7.
1: And Whoopi was like, yep, that's how you have to get me. Like, I'm turning everything off after 7 and it has to be on my landline. (laughs) But this led to Anna mentioning that, well, that's not true because Whoopi did pick up recently, when she mm-hmm. and Sarah were at a drag show together at Palace in Miami. And so yeah. there were videos that were posted online on social media of other people that were in attendance, where you can see Anna at the drag show with Cha-Cha, and Sarah and her husband were there. And you can see that Sarah is holding a phone, and it's whoopee on FaceTime at the drag show. <laughs> and... Whoopi says that the only reason that she picked up is because it was her business partner that was with them that called <laughs> her, and she thought that there was a business emergency.
6: Pick when you answer, phone. you answer. Last weekend, Sarah and I were at, were at a drag show yes. in and Miami Beach. The whole place. And you FaceTimed the whole And you I thought they and, were going to die. And let me explain how that came down. <laughs> my partner, my my work, my business partner was with them in Miami, uh, and uh, uh, the phone Yeah, the phone rang, and it was him. And I saw his name, and I think, if he's calling me on a Sunday, something's wrong. That's why I'll never pick up the phone for his behind again. Uh
1: And I don't know if you guys saw all of the videos, but there is a video of, like, Sarah holding the phone up to a drag queen, and the drag queen is, like... Taking this meet and greet moment with Whoopi to like pour out her heart and soul about how much Whoopi means to her. Yeah. And Whoopi is just like smiling, like held hostage by the drag queen, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and so I love the, that that. Whoopi like did not even want to pick up the phone, and she was like, "That's the last time I'm picking up the phone."
2: Yeah,
3: I felt really bad for like, because the drag queen also like posted on the internet that I was know. like this was so, like such an impactful moment for me. It was so special, and then Whoopi goes on the view and is like, "How dare you do this to me?" Like,
4: <laughs> I was like, I, I was thought, just I thought two old broads
3: was getting <laughs> picked up by ABC as a to get adapted as a television show, uh-huh. but like you tricked me into talking to a drag queen.
1: <laughs> There also is this moment yeah. where Anna Navarro uh, seems to grab the mic and she gives a speech about about how the real enemies are guns, not mm-hmm. drag queens. But <laughs> so obviously, the crowd goes wild, and you know she's just out there working hard for her next Glad Award.
3: <laughs> yeah, I liked in this conversation on the View that. Alyssa like Alyssa, I'm so confused. Why? Because I don't know who the real Alyssa Farah is. And this whole thing that she says, like, well, I'm just I'm the one constantly bugging people online. And she's like talking about how she's sending 50 memes a day to her friend who works at the Pentagon who like doesn't have time to read them. Yeah. And but she said that she sends them on Instagram. And I'm like, th- th- like that's Except ex- except for at Show the V-pod. like Instagram is the worst place to get your memes. And I'm like, <laughs> where is Alyssa sending her memes from to her friend? Like, I would like to know the pages that Alyssa frequents on there. <laughs> like, is it
1: drinks for gay?
3: I
2: was gonna say, drinks
1: is it for is it vodka lana?
2: It's Bravo betches, <laughs>
1: love of huns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like to know who's sending her our social media content. Yeah yeah because she's not following us she sure is interacting (laughs) that's really all i wanted to say about that i really just wanted to talk about sarah and anna being at a drag show together in miami (laughs) Mm -hmm. the other thing i wanted to talk about is this topic that they did about sex talk with friends and Mm -hmm. how much is too much so a woman wrote into the mirror uh, about how she But to ask how she should handle it when she's out with her girlfriends and they start getting into graphic sex details. She doesn't want to participate and she is looking for advice on, like, how to, like, get out of it. Sunny says that she doesn't mind these conversations because, personally, it's where she gets her tips. Um, (laughs) Which would be... appears as tits.
6: I have friends that like like to overindulge in some of that. I get tips personally, but <laughs> I what? get I get tips. Tips. I get tips. T I P. Tips. Tips. Like advice. <laughs> I get advice. <laughs> like tips of fingers. Tips of you know like so you go toys just and right. I mean, there just for the tip. I'm-
3: oh, I was confused by that because I was like, oh, like Whoopi's not understanding. I was like I was like, oh, what be things tips like money or like tips like I don't know.
2: Well, no. I Whoopi... felt like the
3: whole thing just evolved yeah, out of control. And then it's like the she... tips of fingers and it's like, well, I'm getting
2: I don't Whoopi know, thought in the context she was saying of the conversation. Tits, but then Sarah takes it upon herself to like make a joke about tips, but she doesn't just make it the joke once. Mm. She doesn't just make it twice. <laughs> she makes it three times. <laughs> Just to make sure that everyone understands what she's insinuating.
1: (laughs) Which is always a sign of a solid joke. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've been there. And also the only person who laughed at it was Alyssa on the third one. (laughs) (laughs) And then she immediately sent it to her friend who works at the Pentagon. (laughs) Joy says on this topic that once you start sharing... Stuff like this about your husbands—you'll never be able to look at your friend's husbands the same again—and starts talking about how uh, if one of them has erectile dysfunction, you'll never see them the same. You'll always mm-hmm. be thinking about that, which will be like also makes a joke about.
6: They got a divorce eventually, but it was like you couldn't look at the husband anymore without thinking of you know. Aww. Yeah, that's you, a, you never. Well, every time stuff you looked like at him, you went. Oh.
1: <laughs> and then it just kind of turned into like an entire conversation about erectile dysfunction, where they were all just kind of taking turns, like setting Joy up for various punchlines.
6: Was this before Viagra? Yes, before Viagra. Yeah, Viagra is killing everybody now. (laughs) It doesn't kill people, does it? I always say, what am I going to be, faking orgasms uh, till my golden years? I'm in them already. I'm not doing it anymore.
3: (laughs) I feel like it's been years since Joy has been given the opportunity to just, like, hit viagra jokes out of the park
1: one after another Mm. and like i was waiting for the g-spot joke yeah she's saving that one (laughs) how much sex talk is tmi do you think
3: i don't think there is a tmi really like unless it's like there's a problem or like something broke like i don't want to hear that that there was like a hospitalization or something Uh like that but I'm happy to hear anything. I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of with Sunny on this that I like to hear it, but I don't necessarily need to share it. Actually, mm, yeah,
1: I'm realizing the question at hand really is, like, how do you get out of it?
3: Oh, yeah. They didn't really talk about that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's such a weird thing to ask for advice on because it's, like, obviously this woman, like, these can't be, like, friends that she is that close with. Like, she... Clearly like she has no friends because and she's with yeah. a group that she doesn't gel with. <laughs> yeah. Because if you didn't want to hear it, you'd be like, gross, shut up. Exactly. Yeah,
2: that was my thing. Was like I feel like it's like it's almost just like dependent on who's telling you. And if it was actually like a real friend, someone that you like know about their life and you're close with, like if it was an if if it was too much, you would just tell them. But also like I feel like your threshold of what's too much would be higher if it was someone who like you are close with. Like if Someone in the doctor's office just, like, turned to me and started describing their stuff in great – well, that's a bad example because I'm just a nosy person, so I'd probably love it anyway. But, like, (laughs) a regular person might be like, I don't know you. Like, this is too much. So I don't know. I felt like they were, like – I feel like the reason why they didn't answer it it was because it was, like, a non-thing. It's like, that's that woman's problem. Let's talk about Viagra. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah. I read the Facebook comments for this topic, and some of them were funny. This one says, I would also judge if my friends were too prudish to talk about sex because I find those people boring. But I do not (laughs) speak about intimacy because I believe it is sacred. I speak about sex in general terms. I think if a woman goes into detail about how gifted her husband is, it might tempt a friend to want to find out for herself.
2: What the hell? (laughs)
1: and it's funny because that's not the many people were saying that in the comments Um, another person said real friends would respect your boundaries some people will attempt to manipulate you by telling you their business or acting as if they are uh, while hoping you will cave into the pressure and tell them about your business you have to use discernment in social situations set boundaries and enforce them if they are crossed that's all
2: oh my god
1: Straight people have a lot of trauma. Yeah. Someone else said, be careful what you say because there's always someone who's waiting to get what you have. And lastly, girl, any female who keeps pushing you to share intimate details with you and your partner, especially your husband, should be considered suspicious. Be careful. She might be sexually curious about your man. In today's time, anything is possible. Please do not share intimate details about you and your husband. It's inappropriate.
2: Like, what is going... Like, are people okay?
1: You can see why there is such a problem with sex and shame and women not talking mm-hmm. about, like, uh-huh. things because they all seem to have been, like, indoctrinated to believe that if someone's talking about sex, it's because they're trying to steal your man. Also,
2: like, who the hell is, like, trying so hard to steal everyone's man? Like, you, I could literally walk to the 7-Eleven across the street and leave with a man. Like, it's not that hard. <laughs> It's not that hard to, like, go out there and just, like, find a man to hook up with. Like, if they're so – why are they so worried that their friends are trying to hook up with their man? Like, I don't know, maybe relax and just, like, be – like, everyone needs to eat a slice of humble pie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or a slice of pizza from the 7-Eleven. Yeah. (laughs) A taquito. All right, well, a month's worth of hot topics, and (laughs) those are the two that we decided to zero in on. But it honestly wasn't like there. I actually think like the panel was like gelling pretty well together this month and they were all like mm-hmm. laughing and having a good time. And I think when they do talk about these less serious topics, they it actually is a better show than when they yeah. talk about the political stuff. Because in the political stuff, it's like they're all kind of saying the same thing. So yeah. I, I'd i rather them talk about going to drag brunch. So yeah. yeah.
2: Like, so, well, that just reminded me of, like, the one topic where, that we didn't discuss, but it was, like, they were talking about that man who's, like, basically being a vampire. He's, like, trying to turn himself into his 18-year-old, like, body and, like, doing all these procedures to, like, do that. And anyway, Sunny brought up, like, how they're doing these trials on mice and they're they're actually, like, they've somehow proven that mice can, like, de-age. Like, it's, like, a Benjamin Button thing. And she's, like... And the mice are actually like remembering things that they forgot, and like that really struck a chord with Whoopi, and she was like keeled over laughing hysterically. She's like, "How do they know? (laughs) They know that the mice remembered." They're like, "Hey, Mickey, do you remember that time?" She's like in hysterics, and like cannot just cannot stop laughing about it. And she was like, "Oh, I needed that. Like, I needed that. That was so good." And just like seeing everyone, like. And specifically whoopie just like let loose and like laugh at something so stupid was actually like did so much good for me so i was really happy that that was like the vibe this month
1: yeah
3: whoopie really dismantled the entire scientific community in that moment <laughs> yeah, to be ticked. like who knows what a mouse is thinking <laughs> and it's a great question yeah it's one we don't ask often enough
1: but if anyone would know it's these women as they day in day out are working for the mouse <laughs> <laughs> actually now that I think about it, the one there was a topic that they did really disagree, and that was the Alec Baldwin topic, mm-hmm. because Joy was saying he shouldn't ultimately be responsible, and yeah. Alyssa was saying he should. And that was something where Alyssa actually really like took a stand on.
3: Mm -hmm. it's one
1: where like the this
3: one's tricky for the view it's like i almost feel like they just shouldn't talk about this because they have such strong feelings for alec baldwin they obviously have like some of them have very personal relationships with him like Mm -hmm. some working relationships and it's just like i don't think that they can talk about this objectively granted i also don't think that they can talk about joe biden very objectively but like that's a different story um but i feel like with this one in particular it's like this is like a really serious hot topic where like somebody is dead and like somebody has to like pay for that and i don't know that they're like equipped to talk about this
1: i see what you're saying but i do think there is kind of an interesting discussion to be had because if someone hands you a prop gun you don't assume that it's loaded with bullets
3: of course you don't but but i also also don't think that like as Alyssa said it's like why like stop talking why is alec Baldwin talking to everybody it's like shut up Like, I get, like, rehabilitating your image or whatever you think that you need to do, but, like, I don't think anybody really blames him, and the more he talks, the more suspicious I am, and it's, like, this is going in front of the courts, like, just shut up. Yeah. And, like, the way that he's trying to get us to believe that, like, the gun pointed itself at her and went off by itself, like... I'm sorry, but like you're not making sense.
1: Yeah, no, like to be clear, like I think there was like negligence on everyone's part, but like his part and the people in charge of the prop gun. Yeah, totally. Of course. But I thought I did kind of appreciate that like Joy and Alyssa were, you know, saying two different opposing concepts.
3: Yeah. Have you noticed that when Alyssa's like actually I disagree with you? Whenever she's like in a political discussion or in this one, I think she did it too. She's gotten into this habit. I'm not it's not a bad habit, it's just a habit where she's like, actually I disagree with you. And in the process of saying that, she leans onto one side and like the left or the right? (laughs) The right. (laughs) She leans right. Of course. And and like rests on the arm of the chair. And she it's like almost like a opposite of like a, a defense position where she's like trying to seem more casual like opening her body language yeah there's some psychology behind it and i'm gonna get to the bottom of it by the time we record episode 101 well
1: we know she received talent coaching and we know (laughs) that it was abby who coached her yeah so (laughs) anyways on, on that note i think we should wrap things up yeah
3: let's do that
1: so thank you to our listeners, happy 100th episode. Thank you, Barbara. And until we meet again, I hope everyone has a great day. It takes a little time to enjoy.
2: Barbara Walters and the Gadashians.
3: <laughs> Hit it, Abby.
2: That's all, folks. See you later. John Hensman, the real job creator. Zero, Come join
5: P-O-P-O-P.
0: His silly rabbit. His what? His silly rabbit. His silly rabbit? Yes. Is that what he calls you? No.
4: We're bringing husband-